Saskatchewan's number one sports talk show is on. And now, starting an hour earlier, welcome inside the Radio Octagon. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Here's your host, Michael Ball. All right, let's get after it. It's a Tuesday on the Sports Cage. How you feeling? It's hot. 34 here, 35 in Moose Jaw. I think our record for this day is 37. Practice field was steamy over there for the Rough Riders. You know, when you're on the turf, it adds about another 7 to 10 degrees. And because the stadium's sunken down, there's no wind. Like, when you walk out of the stadium, you're like, oh, who? there's the wind. There's the air. But down there, holy cow, those guys were sweating like, a, as I like to say, a sinner in church. Anyway. Lots to get to in the world of sports. We'll tell you, first off, the show is brought to you by Saskatchewan Lotteries, bringing communities together, the main fundraiser for over 12,000 sport, culture, and recreation groups. You want to text us and weigh in on anything, CFL, sports-related, whatever, 936-6262. Let us know where you're listening. Are you on a tractor? Are you at a lake, on a boat, by a pool? That's where I'd be, by a pool, by a boat. Something like that today. Uh you know, water fight. You got us on in the background, wherever. 936-6262. You can call that number locally. You can also uh, call one 767 Some good-looking news for the Rough Riders. Tremaine Washington, veteran DB, was with Ottawa and picked off quite a, you know, quite a few passes there with the Red Blacks back in the day. He has signed with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Uh, and some fresh legs back at practice. Peter Godber back practicing. Anthony Lanier the second back. Braden Lenius, Kean Schaefer Baker, and Jake Winicky all back at practice for the Rough Riders. Now I think Kean Schaefer Baker probably a little bit away, but we do expect Lenius to be activated, and um, Winicky's back too. So that'll be. Outstanding. Good news there for the Rough Riders. Yeah, full participant today. The injury report out. As okay, of... anything else you see on that report? Oh, well, let's go through the limited. Matt Dean was limited. Yep. Zach Fry and and Schaefenbeck. That's uh, the three that were limited. Did not practice was Rodney Clemens with that ankle. Yeah, he's still out. And uh, Brian Cox Jr., knee, Tevin yep. Jones, illness, did yep. not practice. Kendall Watson, Ribs did not practice and uh, Picton with that concussion. Yeah, they're expecting maybe uh, concu- uh, Picton to be back, and it was an AC joint uh, for uh, Dalkey, and I think he'll be uh, ready to go. He was actually the highest graded special teams player this week by PFF. Yeah, and Colin Kelly was number yeah. one along the yeah. offensive so, line. Yeah, uh, so Dalkey was ninety one point eight, and Colin Kelly was uh, seventy five. Saquon Barkley signing a one year. $11 million deal with the New York football, football Giants. Giants. Yeah, Dallas Cowboys locked up uh, Trayvon Diggs, Stephon Diggs' brother, right? Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Five years, $97 million deal. The new contract for the 24-year-old cornerback comes with a $21.25 million signing bon- a bonus. I, He's either really good or just really bad. Who, Diggs? Yeah. Like, he'll make interceptions, but get burned quite a bit, too. So it's kind it's of kind of like the Cowboys. Take either it or really leave it. Yeah. Really bad. Hey, Naeem Hines, the running back that came to Buffalo for, from the Colts, won't play this year. Did you, did you hear how he got hurt? No, He's I on didn't. a jet ski, and he's sitting just uh, idling oh, in the yeah, water. Oh, yeah, I read that. And, yep. uh, and uh, somebody else came and plowed him in the leg, wrecked his knee. That's true. That's terrible. I don't know why I laughed, but it's terrible. Uh, not good news. Now, how about this one? This guy's going to walk right into the Hall of Fame on a first ballot. Patrice Bergeron hanging up his skates one day after his 38th birthday. I think he won the Selkie like six times, which is Defensive Player of the Year. Um, yeah, so uh, he's walking away from the game. This is kind of scary, too. 
Bronny James, the oldest son of basketball legend King LeBron James, collapsed on court and suffered a cardiac arrest during a workout at USC on Monday. A statement from the James family uh, says he's in stable condition and out of ICU. He recently committed to the USC uh, Trojans men's basketball program where he's going to be a freshman for the upcoming season. He's uh, 6'3 guard, four-star recruit. He collapses. Oh, it's scary. It's anytime, kind of scary. Anytime something like that happens, yeah, don't you know, know, start they, asking questions. Yeah, they didn't say why or what the deal is with that, but uh, yes, some uh, scary news there. All right, uh, the Blue Jays taking on the Dodgers. Uh, Dalton Varsha with a big hit in the 11th inning. Blue Jays went big on to win 6-3 to three over the Dodgers. My Padres choked to the Pirates. 8-4, oh, to four, they're done. Stick it's a fork bad. in them. Actually, all the teams in front of them are losing. They'd actually be able to capitalize, but they just can't do it. I can't, well, I can't have anything nice as a sports fan. <laughs> I just can't. I was just going to say, I saw the news uh, come across the wire today that uh, our friend Smiling Hank has caught on yep. with a new NFL team. Rams going to training camp with the Rams. Yep. You know, when you think about that, back to the NFL, I know we're all over the place, but when you think about that um, NFC, it is weak. Like, you got the Eagles, okay? You might have the Cowboys in that division. The Giants, can you name anybody besides a weapon besides Saquon Barkley for that team? For the Giants? Uh, no, not no, really. no, you can't. No, you can't. Daniel Jones, yeah, if he wa- just wa- decides to play. Yeah, Washington, no. So it's the Cowboys and Eagles in that division. How about the NFC West? Are you buying that Geno Smith's going to come back and be a stud a second year in a row? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't. Uh, Matthew Stafford, 36-year-old, coming off an of elbow uh, surgery. Did they, Are they... Are they no, rebuilding or not rebuilding? Yeah, done. yeah, yeah. And the Cardinals got Kyler Murray. They're done. There <laughs> might done. be a two-win team. Who's the other team in the Niners? A? Niners. Purdy just got cleared to come back and and uh, play. But are you are you gonna put your hopes on Brock Purdy well, or Trey the, Lance? The Niners with Kyle Shanahan always seem to win games. So okay, so when the like it's them, the Eagles, maybe the Cowboys, and the NFC North. I think who's there? Uh, it's. Detroit? It's up for grabs. No, I think Green Bay is going to be better than what people think. Yeah, you're just a fan, though. It's nah. not because you actually believe that. I do believe that. So the so the Green Bay Packers are going to win the division? I think they have a shot. No, Vikings are going to win that no, division. No, I think Green Bay has a what, shot. Have you watched that quarterback show on Netflix? I just started I don't watching have any, it. I don't have any time. I just started watching this. and uh, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, Mahomes, Marcus Mariota, and Kirk Cousins. I am a little indifferent... For, to Mariota because they haven't really got much into him yet, but they really focused on Patrick Mahomes and uh, and Kirk Cousins. Really like me some Kirk Cousins. Just a down-home guy. I like him. Patrick Mahomes is otherworldly as a football player, but man, is he a mouthy douchebag. I don't like Patrick no, Mahomes. No, I don't either. And I, 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 don't I like, like him looks. even less. I don't, like the, the, I don't no. like the looks of him. He I don't like the sounds of his SOB, voice. But he's a great player, but he's a cocky SOB. Him and, him and uh, his Coach Andy Reid are seventy nine and fifteen as a coach quarterback tandem. That is crazy. Kansas City comes to Lambeau Field on Sunday Night Football this year. Yeah. He was whining hey, in the first episode because Max Crosby of the Raiders. Yeah, he he'd go to like so so 
uh, Mahomes would be back to pass and he'd go to throw it. And every time he'd throw it, if Crosby got close, he'd just give him like a jab, just punch him oh, in the arm. Wow. Yeah, dude, dude was punching me. And he was in his face. And, uh, and then after <laughs> he's sitting around his house talk, talking like, yeah, and you know, talking all this, you know. I want to watch that. Yeah, it's really good. And so they, they have like mics when they like go home after the game and they stuff? They follow or? him for a whole year. Unprecedented oh. access. And they just signed Peyton Manning it is the guy producing it. It's his company. They just signed year two. And next year, it's going to be Kenny Pickett, Justin Herbert, and Josh Allen. So they're oh. going to follow them all this year. That's something, huh? Yeah, that's real good. I like it. How See, many, I need to do something. How eight, many episodes? Eight, eight hour, episodes. Hour a piece? Hour like a piece. Okay. You got to check it out, man. I can really carve some time. Really good. Anyway, um, so that's going to be interesting. So that's the NFC. They don't really... AFC, you're going to have some really good teams missing the playoffs. Yeah, it's going to be kind of like the same thing as as last year. It's going is it to be like a, seven teams make the playoffs? Yeah, seven seven so, each. So your division conference. your division winners right now in the in the uh, AFC East. Who's it going to be? Buffalo. Uh, I think or the Jets. Nah, it's, it's going to come it's down to be tough. But Miami's in there too. It's going to be. Yeah, I, I, don't I don't buy to uh, I, I, the betting favorite would have to be Buffalo. I think, but I think it's going to come down because that's a lot of wins and losses mm-hmm. interdivision. I think you won't like it. But each other. I think you won't like it. But I think Aaron Rodgers is going to win that division with the Jets. <laughs> oh, that would hurt. Uh, okay, the, uh, your, your your AFC West winners will be the Kansas City Chiefs again. Yeah. Um. Bengals in the north. Bengals in the north, and then the uh, south would be the Jags. Ooh, yeah. So those are the four. Then you got three playoff teams. So who's going to make the playoffs? Is the three wild cards. Yeah, who are the three wild cards? Is it going to be Denver? Three wild cards. Peyton, Peyton? I think either one or two will come from the AFC East. I think uh, that maybe the Dolphins and the Bills or the Jets. So you can, you can maybe... I plucked two from the AFC okay. East. So who's coming from the? Because and, who's and then com- the, the other one would probably be I'd say I'd say like a maybe like Chargers a ba- or Broncos, like a Baltimore or oh, someone like I that. Oh, I forgot about them. Yeah. yeah. So Chargers and uh, are going to miss, and Broncos or, are going to miss. Or the Chargers, like it's. I think that last playoff seed in the NFC, yeah. it's going to be like. A That's bundle. what I mean. It's going to be a murderer's row there, and it's just absolutely crappy in the NFC. Do you remember when the NFC used to destroy the AFC? Oh yeah, for and years. Yeah, Decades. like it was like fourteen to two. Yeah. Like, it was crazy. So uh, I can't wait to see how it shakes down in the NFL. It's going to be a great year. We're going to talk a little NFL with Andy McNamara. Andy Mack is back. He's going to give us his top 10 players in the NFL going into the season because, of course, the NFL Network has started their top 100. We're going to our own guy, Andy McNamara, there. Uh, The Canadian Men's National Soccer Team Players Association which has failed for the past year to reach a collective labor agreement with Canada Soccer, says it's demanding that sponsors of the Federation and the private company Canadian Soccer Business stop using the names, images, and likenesses of men's national team players in their marketing and advertising. So it's getting a little ugly there. Have you been watching much of the uh, women's world? No, I know. Well, I haven't watched one minute. I haven't watched 30 seconds, actually. I haven't watched any. Canada plays Ireland tomorrow. Tomorrow, yeah. Yeah, so that'll be interesting. Yeah. Anyway, that'll do it for this. good crowds, though. Yeah, well, absolutely. Soccer's the the biggest sport in the world. Why wouldn't you? Actually, hey, no, it was was like yesterday. I was watching Argentina and Italy. I watched the end of that game. Italy won, didn't they? uh, Yeah. One nothing. One one nothing. Yeah, it was like five minutes of it. It was a riveting. I saw the goal uh, at the end. Zero zero game between Switzerland and Norway earlier today. Yeah. Riveting. It was awesome. Do you have to say, can you say zero zero in soccer or do you have to say nil? Uh, well, the correct, well, I don't know. You always get mad at me when I say nil. 
So the, I, I always used to say nil, like one yeah. nil, but I, I'm in North America. That's not the way it no. rolls, I don't think. Hey, and tonight, and, it's a rare night when Lethbridge comes to town to take on the Regina Red Sox, right? They don't come to town very often. No, they don't. And Regina, this is a big week for baseball because we got tonight, mm-hmm. tomorrow. Same teams? Thursday. Like Lethbridge playing a double dip oh, here? Now you're testing my brain cells. I think I think today and tomorrow is against Lethbridge, and then I'm not sure what the mm. end of the week. But after this week, there's only two more home games in the regular season, and then the postseason is going to be starting up uh, second week of August here. So as it sits right now, if the playoffs ended now, Regina would be in the playoffs. They would uh, go to Medicine Hat, I believe, for a uh, three-game series. Against the Mavs. Yeah, against those Mavs. So, yeah. And you think... I. Red Sox were arguably one of the best teams in the past, like three years. Like at the end of the regular yeah. season, didn't matter in the postseason. Yeah. So you just so. got to get to the playoffs. That's why this regular season, I've been kind of just like coasting. I was like, okay, hey, just you know, obviously I've still been doing the games, but call me up, baby, when the playoffs starts. Yeah, let's talk when the playoffs start. Absolutely, uh, we're gonna take a break, and we got a great story on the other side with a guy who is trying to bring awareness to not only cancer but uh, heart and stroke. This guy is. Unbelievable. His name's Brandon Harrison. He's next here on the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Sports Cage. Now back to the action on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. All right, welcome back to the Sports Cage brought to you by Saskatchewan Lotteries. All our guests come to you via the Western Pizza Hotline. Check in restaurant for their dine-in or takeout specials. Ask about the Rough Rider suite deal, and you could be watching a Rough Rider game next year from a luxury suite. Hold on. Or you could be watching, and you could be watching a Rough Rider game from a luxury suite. We're joined now on the Western Pizza Hotline by Brandon Harrison. This guy surviving cancer and doing it in a uh, very public way. Welcome to the show, Brandon. Thanks for having me, Mike. Good awesome, to be here. man. Awesome, man. So tell us a little bit about your story. You Now, you're going across the country in a car, but you're like a cancer and multiple stroke survivor. You've longboarded across the country before. Yeah, I was uh, given a 25% chance to live with a cancer diagnosis when I was just two and a half years old. After overcoming that when I was 15, I got up like any other day and I had a hemorrhagic stroke in the shower lost a big portion of my vision. Uh, two years later, I had a secondary stroke that kind of made me lose control of my life and myself. And uh, I decided to change my life and get it back by longboarding across Canada for cancer and stroke charities. And after longboarding from St. John's to Lake Louise with my father in 2013, I had my third stroke and I woke up half paralyzed in the Foothills ICU unit. And then after that, I spent 105, 104 days in the hospital, I believe, and another couple of years just learning how to, you know, take care of myself. And three years later, I went back to Lake Louise where my dad and I stopped and I continued the last 1,200 kilometers to the West Coast on my board. Wow, man. What an inspiring story. Where do you get that resiliency from? I... I believe it's my blood. I come from a very strong family. When I was just a child, my uncle and father figure and hero, he uh, was attacked in Calgary and he took a nine millimeter shot directly to the head and he lived through that. And that's just kind of the resiliency I was exposed to 
at a very young age. Wow. You know, what, what has something like this done for you going across the country? And I imagine, uh, you know, you have your own story, but everybody has a story and there are other people that have survived strokes and, and battling cancer too. Yeah, it was honestly such a beautiful experience to have going across the country my entire life, you know, through the cancer diagnosis and having multiple strokes in my teens, I was, I was enveloped in a very large amount of negativity and I kind of got used to it in a way mm-hmm. and started to project it myself. And then longboarding across the country, I was exposed to the most beautiful and positive side of humanity that I have ever seen in my life. And it just day by day crushed that negativity in me into submission and just provided such a beautiful, positive forward direction in my life. So Brandon, just help me out here. Where, like, where are you originally from? I was born and raised in Calgary, Alberta. Okay. And so you're in Regina now. What's the purpose of your, your trip right now? Oh, after I finished my trip, I needed some direction. And after I was given a cancer-free and stroke-free diagnosis, I decided I would write and self-publish a book about my life as a survivor and what it was like to longboard across the country and experience what I did. And now I'm just traveling across the country by vehicle this time, just promoting and selling my book. Mm -hmm. And it's called Long for Life. Where can we get that book, man? Uh, You can get it almost anywhere. Um, I'm doing a book signing this Saturday at the Coles in Northgate Mall. So I'll be there this Saturday. But um, the best option would probably be from the publishing house, Friesen Press. Awesome, but they can come. They can come check you out in person, and and uh, you know, uh, put a face to the book. And so, when are you at the Northgate Mall, Coles? I'll be there from about eleven to four. Awesome, man. This has been great to catch up with you. I can't wait. I'm gonna come by. Well, I won't be by to. Uh, to uh, see you in person because I'll be with the Rough Riders down east in Halifax, but I'm definitely going to check out that book, Long for Life, uh, with our uh, with our friend Mr. Har- uh, Mr. Harrison here, Brandon Harrison. Thanks for your time, man. I appreciate it, and congratulations on uh, on uh, living through such adversity and spreading joy to other people's lives. Thanks, man. I truly appreciate it. And go Riders. Yeah, it's 329 with the sports ticker. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders have signed American defensive back Tremaine Washington today. He's a five-year CFL vet, suiting up for 51 career games with the Toronto Argonauts, Edmonton Elks, Calgary Stampeders. And, uh, well, the Florida native also attended the 2022 training camp with the Ottawa Red Blacks. Most recently, he was with the uh, Orlando Guardians in the XFL. He was cut a few days ago, and today... He lands in Ryderville in a corresponding move. The Rough Riders have released American running back Rodney Smith. This is the Indigenous Sports Spotlight. Each month on the Sports Cage, we highlight an athlete, coach, or builder who is gaining attention both on and off the playing surface. Vernon 
Vernon Adams Jr. went down to the football game with a knee injury and did not play the rest of the contest for the BC Lions. That allowed Dane Evans to come in off the bench and help lead his team, unfortunately, to a victory over your Rough Riders. But there was a positive in this. When Dane Evans entered the game and with Mason Fine already at quarterback for the Rough Riders, it was the first time two quarterbacks with Indigenous history have played in the same CFL game. What an outstanding moment. Here was Mason Fine going into the game on his opportunity. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's a big opportunity, uh, right, with um, an injury like that. So, um, you know, he's a little kid. You know, you, you pray for the opportunity. Obviously, like he said, it's you don't want to do it that way. But, um, hey, it's football. Uh, we're professionals, and I, you know, got prepared and step up to the plate and uh, and and be the best quarterback I can be for this team and go win games. Um, Honestly, learning from the professionals before me, learning from those uh, those veteran guys, those mentors, and trying to get one day better. Um, what can I do in the film room better to make myself uh, more prepared? What can I do in the weight room, um, training with uh, you know the coaches in there? Uh, what can I do nutritionally, uh, just to get better? You know, as you as you get older, I mean, hopefully you get better each and every day because if you're not going forward, you're going backwards. So I was just, the last three years, I've tried to control what I could control, and then once you step on that football field, hopefully everything takes over instinctually. Uh, the football. You're seeing it well, and you, you play a good game, and you execute the offense. The Indigenous Sports Spotlight brought to you by Freeze Tallman. Since 1956, Freeze Tallman has been your trusted building materials supplier for every type of project. Freeze Tallman in Regina and Fort Capel. The kings of Saskatchewan sports talk. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Show is brought to you by Saskatchewan Lotteries, bringing communities together, the main fundraiser for over 12,000 sport, culture, and recreation groups. All our guests come to you via the Western Pizza Hotline. Get it hot, get it fast at Western Pizza. Well, it was hot, it was fast. That's how you describe practice today for the Rough Riders as they got back to it, getting ready for their game Saturday. Touchdown Atlantic in Halifax. And we'll have that game, beginning with our pregame show at 11, play-by-play at 2. And the uh, game wraps up 5 locally, which is, I think, about 8 o'clock down there, 8.30. Anyway, we've got it covered for you and everything leading up to the game, including our own Blaine Wyland, who was down at practice today, um, and he uh, talked to Coach Craig Dickinson on the smoldering turf. I think the energy level was outstanding. I think the focus was really good, and you could just sense there's a, a real sense of purpose with the team. I, I mean, they were happy to be out here and uh, bouncing around, so I thought it was the best day one all year. What does it tell you about the team coming off a loss? Good character, real good character. And they care about each other and they like football. I mean, just look at the end of practice, the defense down there doing wind sprints. You can't get these guys off the field. So I just think it's a great group of guys. I, I couldn't be more happy uh, working with this bunch. They love football and they love coming to work. Coach Jeffrey said he'd like to have a few calls back that you know he's going to change some things up that give Mason and give the team a chance to put, put the ball in the end zone. Mason mentioned that there's a few times where just small mistakes led to drives ending or things not being uh, field goals turned into touchdowns. What did, what did you see uh, out of the game and looking back a few days later? Same thing. You know, there's always a couple you wish you had back, but um, you know, we we work really hard to try to keep the players in the moment. We have a 24-hour rule where we'll we'll uh, celebrate the win for 24 hours and forget about it, and we'll mourn the loss and forget about it so we've moved on to toronto um there's always going to be plays you look back and say all right what would i do that's how you grow is looking back and there's a few i'd like to have back as well but for the most part um i'm happy with the way 
the guys played. You know, I'm happy with their effort, and we'll try to have a good week and, and go beat an undefeated Toronto team. What's the issue been not scoring touchdowns the last few weeks? I don't know if there's one thing or another. It's a good defense you're playing, you know. And uh, we still haven't gotten into, in my opinion, a real good rhythm because we're still lacking a little bit of continuity. Hopefully with Jake back and, you know, with, with Peter back, we're hoping we can get, you know, get the same crew out there a couple weeks in a row. Can you speak about Linnaeus and Winnicky mm -hmm. coming out here today yeah. having those guys back? Yeah, it's great to have them back. First of all, they're, they're great people and they love the game and they're, they're good good energy dude so yeah it's good to have both Braden and Jake back and their legs were a little tired today as you probably noticed but we'll get them we'll get them back and hopefully they both play on game day. Craig do you remember what the atmosphere was like last year ahead of touchdown Atlantic because the Garrett Marino thing had just happened injuries in Ottawa was was there a different yeah, feeling last I, year? I mean it was different yeah every year is different but um, the guys are excited this year to go out there you know the ones that were here last year and went to Halifax really enjoyed the trip and for the rookies I think the word's gotten out that it's really a fun trip so I don't know I don't remember necessarily the attitude last year all I know is this year the guys are excited to go out there looking forward to the trip and we talked about it this morning that we're leaving a little earlier than normal and going to try to enjoy it. There's a lot of challenges facing this team heading into the game a young quarterback a lot of injuries they're getting people back what, what would you say about this team's ability to handle adversity this year? I think it's been excellent. You know, we certainly haven't played as well at times, but, you know, we're a 500 team, and uh, and we've had a lot of different faces out there. And so I think the ability that the guys have shown to handle adversity and, and really embrace next man up and support their teammates that are injured, I think, is, is really shown through. And it'll get tested again. What have you seen from Tremaine Washington? Only one day out here, but why do you guys want to bring him in, though? Don't report that, because honestly, I saw him maybe yeah. three plays. Tremaine's a pro, and Tremaine's going to help us. Um, we feel like our secondary is a little thin with Roland going down, and we wanted a guy who's got CFL experience, and, and he's a real grinder. Like he's, he's a physical, he's not a real tall guy, but he competes very hard, and Tremaine is going to help us at some point this year. We've got Jake and uh, Braden back, but no Mitch, Tevin, Kendall. Yeah, yeah, nothing on those three. I mean, you'll see the injury report, but we feel <laughs> like none of them are long-term. And so we're hoping hoping we have to make some tough decisions at the end of the week based on healthy guys playing and choosing the best line. And Schaefer Baker was Yep, Schaefer's off the sixth game, so now he can get out there and move around. It was just minimal stuff for him today. We'll take him slowly, but... Hopefully get him back by uh, Labor Day. That's the goal. Yeah, Peter Godbert back out. How significant mm, is that? That's good. That's really good. I mean, he's he we, you know, we he was a priority signing this offseason, Rob, and and to get him back anchoring that line, I think it's going to help us. What's the advantage of being able to play this game last year, do the trip, and do it again this year with some Just, of the same guys? Yeah, familiarity. Anytime you do something a second time, you're usually better at it. So hopefully we'll play better than we did last year. But we know the atmosphere is going to be off the charts and we're you know we're really looking forward to getting out there. Brett mentioned that the issues that uh, Atlantic Canada and uh, Nova Scotia has had with fires and flooding and that this may be a chance for the fans to take their minds off it. Yeah. Have you thought about that, that at all? Or? Not a lot but I have I do read the newspaper or uh, the online news and I do know they've had some some flooding I know it's a little bit rough out there so hopefully uh, the game will give them something to cheer about and give them something to enjoy. It was a tough game last year you guys ended up losing and then a lot of the team got COVID, so any mm -hmm. extra motivation to have a better experience this year, maybe? There's hope. <laughs> we always, you know what, even even getting beat and, and COVID and all that comes with that, 
I think guys look back and still really enjoy the trip. So it's going to be a lot of fun, and we're looking forward to going. So some good news for the Rough Riders. Godber's back practicing. Anthony Lanier's back practicing. Key and Schaefer Baker's off the sixth game. They're ramping him up to Labor Day, as you heard the coach say. Braden Lenius is back. In fact, uh, we had our uh, reporter Blaine Weiland down at practice, and the receiver group was Sam Emelis, Jake Winicky, who's back, Braden Lenius, Bain Jr., and Herslow. Jake Herslow, who was in training camp, got cut because... Uh, rib injury right now uh, listed as a rib injury for Kendall Watson and the other guy who I think is the best receiver on the team, at least to this point, Tevin, Tevin Jones. He missed because of illness. But can you imagine? You put you put Tevin Jones in there with Emilis, Winicky, Lenius, Bain Jr., or eventually you got um, Kean Schaefer-Baker in there? Yeah, looking the three for, stud Canadians? Looking forward to seeing something from Winicky. It's been a unfortunate slow start for mm-hmm. him even before he got hurt you know not many targets not many big yeah. plays couple drops so i'm looking forward to seeing and him and he's got to get form, some baby. he's got to get some chemistry with the new quarterback Mason Fine uh who you know i think all things considered didn't have a terrible game uh, we got this text at 9366262 from Nelson most importantly ballsy what you just mentioned there peter godber a full participant on the o line today and that's that, right baby yeah, yeah so we got him although i think bandy did pretty admirable in the middle in his replacement i i think he was probably like him and colin kelly were the two best yeah Council was a wasn't as good this game. That's but he's, stupid penalty. He was also God. coming off with a coming off a, a finger injury. Yeah, he took kind of a that was costly just, penalty. Whoa. He got blown up by Matthew Betts one play on that third down and short when uh, when when Morrow goes right to left across formation and just squirms his way for a first down. That was all JMO because Council got blown up at the left tackle. But he's been pretty good. You know, all things considered, with the injuries the Riders have had, like people are talking about uh, Crum, and no two quarterbacks develop the same. I think you need to realize that. No two quarterbacks develop the same. And I... I'm seeing some other media guys go. Wow, I've I've done a I've done a deep dive, and uh, the the teams that throw it down the field the the farthest and, and and take the deep shots are Toronto, BC, and Winnipeg. Okay, uh, let's which teams have suffered the least amount of injuries? Toronto, BC, and Winnipeg. When it comes to offense, the Riders are mid pack. Now, I know a lot of that obviously is with Trevor Harris, but we haven't had the same offensive line and same receiving core start two straight weeks in a row. That shows a complete lack of football knowledge. Of course, the teams that don't have any injuries and like to, you know, can sling it down the field. Oh, they got Dustin Crum. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they got Dustin Crum, who has his full allotment of linemen and every situation his, his receiver. Every, every situation is different. Oh, I don't know if. I don't know if Mason Fine can throw it down the field. Really, you don't know, hey? He threw it twice down the right sideline to Tevin Jones. He threw a nice wide side out about 60 yards on a rope to Sam Emless. The kid can throw the ball if you give him time. Now, did he throw two bad balls that were picked off? Absolutely. Did he maybe miss some plays? Absolutely. Did Coach Jeffries kind of... 
you know, maybe uh, bottle them up a bit with rolling them out and cutting off half the field or maybe not opening up the playbook? Could be. I'm not the coach. I'm the announcer. But I'm going to tell you that you just can't treat everything the same. Everything is not the same. Apples to apples. It's not apples to apples. And you, ha- you have to... That's so a- why when you bozos compare the NFL and the CFL, I'm just like, stop it already. And as a fan, like going into the game, you have to expect like that Mason Fine is going to be making a, a couple bad throws. Like I, I didn't even really get mad when you threw those two bad interceptions because going into the game, I knew it was going to happen more well, than like. Yeah, that's a good point. The second one I didn't like. I don't know what happened there. I'd like to get to the bottom of that. The, the it's a young quarterback. The first one, the first one though, I will tell you. Yeah, but it looked like it was weird. Like, did was it a receiver thing or was it a quarterback thing? The first one was all on Mason Fine for sure. Yeah, it was just a late throw. Late throw and a great pick by Gary Peters. Sometimes yeah. you got to tip your cap to the other guys. They get paid too. Great fingertip athletic play there, but uh, yeah, very interesting. Keep the text coming, 936-6262 our text line powered by the Capital Auto Group. Next, we'll head out in the Western Pizza Hotline and talk with our fantasy football and betting expert, Andy McNamara. This is the Sports Cage for Saskatchewan Lotteries on 620 CKRM. Saskatchewan's best coverage of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders is on the Sports Cage right here on the mighty 620 CKRM. And Tuesday's show is brought to you by Saskatchewan Lotteries, bringing communities together, the main fundraiser for over 12,000 sport, culture, and recreation groups. All our guests come to you via the Western Pizza Hotline. Ask about the Rough Riders sweet deal when you order, and uh, you could be in the running for a sweet experience. Sit there in a luxury suite like my next guest and watch a Rough Rider game, Andy McNamara, joining me here, world-famous Cleveland Browns fan, and uh, he's one of our betting experts. Uh, hey, NFL season right around the corner. Training camp's fired up this week. Got to be excited about that. Let's go, Baldy. Yes, I, I, I want to join you in that suite one of these days. That sounds awesome. Yeah, it is real good. Okay, so... Uh, let's talk about, uh, before we get to the uh, Andy McNamara's top 10 players, because we're trying to get in the mood, wet our appetite, mm-hmm. the, the NFL has their top 100, I want Andy McNamara's top one, uh, top 10, pardon me, but let me, let me ask you this, you're way too early before training camp, preseason Super Bowl prediction, who's playing in the big game, who's playing in the big game? Boy, I think the NFC is so weak overall, I gotta go back with the Eagles, hard to repeat to get back there, I know. But when you look at it and how everything jumps out, all things being equal, injuries, we have to look at it, Ballsy. NFC South, stop it. Terrible. Worst division in football. NFC West, big question marks with Geno Smith and the Seahawks. Again, I hope it continues, but he's a one-hit wonder. San Francisco doesn't have a quarterback. Rest of the NFC West, no. NFC North, changing of the guard. And then really, NFC East, it's like, all right, well, maybe the Cowboys. So the the obvious choice is the Eagles. So I'm going to go Eagles. It has to be a lot more difficult. Um, you go, you know, Kansas City is the easy choice. Bengals could get back with that running game. Um, I'm going to say we'll look at it, and that might be the year for the Buffalo Bills. I'm kind of, I don't know. They kind of got a little, not under the radar, but the, the shine's a little bit off. I don't think, I think their running back game, if they can commit to the run a bit more, they got a nice crew back there. Naheem Hines is out, but you still have a nice rotation. I'll say the Buffalo Bills and Eagles in the Super Bowl. That'll okay. be my way too early pick. Okay, uh, Buffalo better do it because if not, they'll be blowing that sucker up. They got to get. It, it's getting close. We're already seeing some dissension off season with Stephon Diggs, right? Like mm-hmm. it's right there for them. 
they have the pieces. They just get way too dependent on the pass. And you have to mix in and keep Josh Allen healthy and not have him as the main running back. Look, you got James Cook, you got Damian Harris, you got Latavius Murray. That's a sweet trio rotation. It's terrible for fantasy football, but for, for real life wise, you can lean on some of these guys. So mix it up, make people respect the run. Then that pass game, which can be so dynamic, can really take off. So um, Aaron Rodgers is a dark horse. We'll see how that goes in New York. Yeah. That's, a, that's a fascinating storyline. Oh, isn't it? And especially in New York. Okay, so let's get to your top 10 NFL players. We'll go number 10. Who do you got? I got Travis Kelsey uh, with the Chiefs. And at some point, Ballsy, the, 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 the tip, he's at the top, the prime, probably on the wrong side of the prime, and it's going to start to decline. But because the position group for star power is so weak outside of Travis Kelsey, I have to put him at number 10. He's so good. Um, they've been able to really have it. Uh, Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes as the show in Kansas City. They win. They produce. I can't go away from. I'm gonna say number ten for uh, for uh, Kelsey there. Can't I can't blame you for that. And it, it still amazes me that they won the Super Bowl because they their their talent dropped off per se, and they still won it. That's a testament to Patrick Mahomes, especially on uh, one leg. Okay, number nine. Who's your yeah. ninth best player? I'll go Nick Bosa. Reigning okay, defensive yeah. player of the year. You know, this is a case, especially for San Francisco. If San Francisco is such a weird team, Ballsy, right? Mm-hmm. How can you be a Super Bowl contender and not really have a quarterback? Right? Like, crazy, yeah. in, like it's, it's bizarre. Big part of it is that defense. Bosa, now health has always been a concern. The Bosa brothers, they get hurt a lot. But, man, that dude is an absolute monster. In three healthy seasons, 43 sacks, 145 QB hits, 49 games. Guy's a monster. So I'll say nine Bosa. Eight? Eight, give me my guy, maybe a little Browns bias, Baldy. Give me Miles Garrett, oh, brother. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jim Schwartz is. Here's why. Here's why. Miles Garrett, we know the we know the, the talent is there. Jim Schwartz is a defensive guru, a savant. Every defense he goes to, that front line becomes better, has pro bowlers, has stars. Now you put the Darius Smith opposite him. That's the best compliment that Miles Garrett's ever had. You can't double-team Miles Garrett. You can't. You do, Smith is going to get you. And you have a nice mix in there. So I think the now and the potential, give me Miles Garrett at eight. I love that. Number seven, uh, who do you got there, Andy McNamara? Uh, well, you know what? Like, do, we, do I want to go offensive line or do you want, like, the sexy positions? Do you want O-line? No, I just I got no Yeah, yeah, that's fine. I like O-line. That's you great. got O-line? You, you okay, need O-line. Wait, wait. You need O-line, Andy. It's true. We, we got to give the O-line. We got to give the big boys some love. Uh, I'm sticking with the 49ers, Trent Williams. Yeah. This, again, comes down to you have a question at quarterback. You have a fantastic run game with the right offensive line because you cut it's that, that offensive line of the 49ers, the Shanahan, that zone where you move as a picket fence. Trent Williams is the anchor for that. Getting a little bit older, but I'll put him up, up uh, next there. Okay, next on your list, I believe it's number six. I lost track already. Number six, Andy. Josh Allen. Um, we talked about it with the, with the Buffalo Bills. Arm cannon can throw through any weather. He can run. It, I would want to have him a bit higher balls. He's a bit too reckless. Now you got that gunslinger, which is fun, but maybe throws the ball a little bit when he shouldn't. Maybe runs and takes a hit that he shouldn't. But still, the talent is undeniable, and this guy is a, an absolute stud, no doubt. All right, and we're headed into our top five. Andy McNamara, top five. Justin, by God, Jefferson of the Minnesota Vikings. You put up those type of numbers. With Kirk Cousins as your quarterback, Jefferson is an absolute freak show. Um, He puts in, he's putting up receiving yards in his first 50 career games, Ballsy, that are more than, I know different eras, but more receiving yards overall in his first 
uh, 50 games than Jerry Rice, than Randy Moss and Terrell Owens. Take whatever generation you want. That's special. That's a special talent. And now with the Adam Thielen out of the way, this is, again, the target. And it's a case, too, where you kind of fall into the same vein as uh, 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 with Green Bay when Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams from a few years ago. Defenses know you're throwing the ball to Devontae Adams, but guess what? Rodgers is going to throw it 15 times, so he's going to catch 14 of them. Mm -hmm. That's what Justin Jefferson is. Yeah, except, listen, I agree with you, and I'm not disagreeing with that pick, but I will never put anybody ahead of Jerry Rice. He played when you could mug a receiver. Like Guys guys can go across the middle, and they don't have to worry about getting hit now. No doubt. And you know, overall, Jerry Rice for sure. But to put it in like how productive yes, this guy's yes, been yeah. uh, and, and, the, and the volume target check and over and Balzi too, we're talking him at the, whatever spot. What do we say? Five. five? Yeah. Um, fantasy football. Justin Jefferson is being drafted number one overall. Wow. That's cool. This is yeah. our, uh, this is our fantasy football draft expert and our betting expert, Andy McNamara. Okay. Number four top player for you. Not the coach, but the player, Chris Jones from the okay, Kansas City yeah. Chiefs. Yeah. <laughs> Defensive tackle. Uh, the Chris Jones, he's a name still. I don't think necessarily gets the respect or acknowledgement that he deserves. Like, this guy's a four time pro bowler. He's a 6'5 monster. Um, the quarter, uh, 22 quarterback hits from week 7 to 17 uh, last year. Uh, 12 and a half sacks in 11 games. The guy's a disruptor, and he has a big part. Everyone talks about the offense, the offense, the offense in Kansas City. Well, Chris Jones helps anchor that defense that helps you win Super Bowls. Yeah, that's awesome. And number three, the third best player, according to Andy McNamara. He might, and you know what? This might be the year where he starts to decline a bit, but man, how can you not say Aaron Donald? Oh, man. Uh, of the Rams. That team's weird. It's sort of like half rebuilding. It yeah. could be competitive, but probably not with Matthew Stafford. But one guy we know who keeps you in every game. And he's just an absolute it's, – it's a term used often, game record. But it's seldom actually true. Aaron Donald is that. He just does it. He can get you from multiple different angles. You can't stop him. You know, it's interesting because at the initial part of this conversation, we talked about how weak the uh, NFC is. You're right about the Rams, but because of that, they could back into being competitive. They could. And you know what? It, it really depends. The uh, In the AFC, the wild card spot, you're going to have really good teams miss the playoffs. You're going to have above 500 teams miss the playoffs. NFC... You hover around that 500 mark, you're probably getting a wild card spot. So if the if the Rams can just not be too bad, eh, you know they might be able to pull something out. Yeah. Okay. Number two best player in your opinion, Andy McNamara. Oh boy. And you know what? It's it, I, I got to go. I think Micah Parsons. And maybe it's a case where I would replace Parsons with Jones because I want to get the two quarterbacks in. And yeah. maybe it's really a top 11. But I, I I can't go away from the uh, the Cowboys with Micah Parsons. You talk about playmakers. Um, and, and really somebody that can go all over the field. He can give you pressures. He can intercept. He can get sacks. He's just really all over the place. Uh, and if you look at it, uh, arguably the best defensive player, you know, Nick Bosa has the award, but the best defensive overall player uh, in the NFL, I think, is uh, is Micah Parsons. I'll go Parsons. Yeah, he's good. And the top player, according to Andy McNamara, in the NFL, and you've left off some pretty good names in this top ten, man. I know. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go, and, and again, maybe it's a maybe it's a top eleven, which isn't fair. But uh, Patrick Mahomes slash Joe Burrow. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Because it, it, I have to, I have to include both in a top ten. I, I get maybe we went too too defensive there, but I got to include two. If I'm kicking out the offensive lineman, I'm putting one of these guys in. One A, one B, Mahomes and Burrow. The difference is um, Mahomes has the, the the mobility to make plays with his legs a bit more design plays. Joe Burrow is sneaky, elusive and can 
more so, like more athletic than a Tom Brady, but he's not going to like take off like a Mahomes could. So I'll put Mahomes first, uh, Super Bowl, and Joe Burrow with that receiving core. Smart quarterback, too. Just really smart, really efficient, really accurate. Underrated, I think, arm talent to get the ball deep downfield as well. So I'll go 1A, 1B. Give me Mahomes. Give me Burrow. I think you undersold Justin Herbert. I think you did. I think Justin. Oh, I, I think you're, Justin, her, you're Herbert. Yeah, Look, I, th- I think he's a top think, 10 player. I think he's a top 10 player. You know what? I feel strongly that Justin Herbert has a real potential to climb into a top 10 player. I don't think he is there yet. Would it surprise me at all if he does? Absolutely not. Ballsy, I'm with you. And I got his autograph rookie card jersey patch, one of 60. I hope he does well. I know I'm he, rooting for him. I know okay, because, because with Herbert, he has the skill set of a Josh Allen. I think they just need better coaching. The decision, like, it's there for him. It's all, the skill sets are all there. This is a Josh Allen 2.0 skill set for Justin Herbert. He has everything there. I would not be surprised at all if we could look back to this conversation come, what, January? We're like, man. Justin Herbert, not just number 10. This is a guy who's right near Baldy, could be in the MVP conversation. Yeah, too. yeah, he's got a good OC, they say. Kellen Moore will find out. Hey, where can, they fi- where can they find your stuff? Oh, get me at AndyMC81 on Twitter, Instagram at AndyMCSports, or if it's called X now, whatever the hell it's called. <laughs> and on YouTube, on YouTube, the show is The Sick Podcast with Andy McNamara. That's on Twitter at SickPodBrowns on YouTube. Just uh, look up Sick Podcast with Andy Mac. Great to hear your voice again on our airwaves. Thanks for your time, man. All right, brother. Talk to you soon. That's Andy McNamara joining us on the Western Pizza Hotline, talking some NFL. Let's stay with football, but flip gears here, Zinger, and talk quickly in the CFL. James Vodders, Danny Austin of the Calgary Sun, reporting as a torn bicep. Oh, and he's also reporting that the Tiger Cats will probably trade Ja'Garrett Davis to the Stampeders for a late pick. So that means the Stampeders are winning the Grey Cup. Or at least <laughs> yeah. be, they're going to be in the Grey Cup because he has been in every Grey Cup. Row, six. Six. Six Grey wow, Cups since he's been in this league. For a year. Six since he's been in this league. So there you go. That's, well. Isn't that crazy? I guess Hamilton doesn't want to win this year, clearly, huh? <laughs> they don't win any games, and then they yeah. ship off the one good luck charm they have. Yeah. Hey, and Vernon Adams will not play this week when Edmonton takes on his BC Lions. He's going to be dressed as the third quarterback, but Dane Evans gets the start. And this is the first time a CFL game will be broadcast in Punjabi. Mm. It'll be broadcast on 580 AM in Edmonton. That's so, pretty cool. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Grow there. the brand, baby. Yeah, growing That's the brand. That's what about. we're doing. We're yeah. growing the brand in the CFL. NHL does that. No, yeah. Yeah, that's there cool. you go. Come on, baby. When we come back, we'll hear from Arash Madani. It's our Coast to Coast segment for Smart Investing Solutions. Keep the text coming. 936-6262. Show's brought to you by our friends at, um, oh, it slipped my mind. I know. Saskatchewan Lottery is the main fundraiser for 12,000 sport, culture, and recreation groups in the province. 620 CKRM is proud to be the official radio partner of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and your home for the hottest sports talk anywhere. This is the Sports Cage with your host, Michael Ball. Time now for Coast to Coast with Arashma Danny, our weekly chat with a guy who has covered it all from Hockey Night in Canada, the Olympics, World Series Baseball, and everything in between. This is Coast to Coast with Arashma Danny. Tuesday's show is brought to you by Saskatchewan Lotteries, bringing communities together, the main fundraiser for over 12,000 sport, culture, and recreation groups. All our guests come to you via the Western Pizza Hotline. And, of course, this segment, done twice a week, 
It is Coast to Coast with Arash Madani from Sportsnet. It's brought to you by Smart Investing Solutions. Be smart with your money. Call Brian Golly at Smart Investing Solutions, 546-2533. Let's get into some good old-fashioned CFL football talk there, Arash Madani. Welcome to the show. And, hey, it's Touchdown Atlantic for the second straight year. The Tractor Factor. Rough Rider fans travel there. As the Riders take on the best team in the CFL, the Toronto Argonauts, we'll get into that in a second. But let's talk about what you're hearing about maybe a 10th franchise, which has been talked about since, I think, the 1980s. Well, see, I, I maybe even before that. Like, I grew up in Nova Scotia. I was actually back home just over the weekend, uh, finally visiting post-COVID. And, like, I think back, we can get into what I'm hearing in a sec, I think back... When I was in like elementary school and middle school, there was talk of maybe the Atlantic schooners and the Halifax explosions. And there's always been, remember J.I. Albrecht? Mm-hmm. Does that ring a bell to you? Yep. He was talking about maybe East Coast expansion. So that, that's been talked about for a while. But Baldy, I'll tell you this. I don't think anything's imminent. I don't think anything's happening soon, et cetera, et cetera. But for the first time in a long while, there's some buy-in on location. That location is where the game is being held this weekend at St. Mary's University at Husky Stadium. Mm-hmm. But there's even more buy-in from the university itself. There is a new executive member at the school, a very influential person, uh, very high on the food chain there, who wants this, who wants big events, who wants the university to be able to attract things to come there to generate attention, to generate revenue. And for the first time that I can remember in my lifetime, there's a little bit of traction of interest around the CFL. Now, a million hurdles left to go, Mm -hmm. but um, this is, you know, what the talk has always been location. The talk has always been, is the community interested? The talk has always been, what about a stadium? And, and that, that stadium conversation is still looming large, but there's actually something there. Yeah, so I, I think if I remember correctly, Mike Savage, the mayor, wasn't exactly on board the last time. What are you hearing on that front? Well, yeah, Mike Savage told, Rand, told Justin Dunk, that he told the commissioner last year that if he wanted to build a stadium, he could do it in the parking lot of a shopping mall. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'll just say this, that I think that there are more discussions, there are open discussions, but that right now, the time for the CFL to really push this agenda, I understand it's top of mind for them with Touchdown Atlantic and, and they want a celebration, and it's going to be a packed house. But if you're the league this week, next week, this summer, you have to back off. You have to. That province has been devastated, Ballsy, over the last number of weeks with massive wildfires. Um, housing developments gone. Subdivisions gone. Golf courses gone. Cottages gone. People have lost their livelihoods. People have lost their homes. Then comes flooding, flash floods over the weekend that the mayor, Mike Savage, said felt biblical and families have lost loved ones because of that. This is not the weekend the league needs to push the agenda. This is the weekend the league needs to back off and show a little bit of empathy 
to then gain some public support moving forward. Yeah, good words there. I, I like how you put it there. All right, so let's get into some football stuff. Mason Fine and the Rough Riders lost in BC. It's one I believe that got away. Very much a winnable game. I don't know how much yeah. I would blame Mason Fine. In fact, I wouldn't put a lot of blame on him. Obviously, he's part of the problem when they didn't win. But what do you see from 35,000 feet? I see a quarterback who can dink and dunk, and I see a quarterback who cannot stretch the field. And I wouldn't say me. I, mean, I agree with you that Mason Fine wasn't the reason they lost the game. I'm not sure how many games Mason Fine is going to win against top flight defense if that's the way they're going to go. Now, Paul Zira practiced much more than I am. How will Kelly Jeffrey integrate Mason Fine in with the ones? Are they going to throw more on his plate as this thing goes forward? Is he capable of running the whole offense, having the keys to the, having the keys to the BMW? We're about to find out. But if the game plan is more of what we saw the other night, I don't see the Riders being a contender with Mason Fine at the helm. Yeah, see, and I disagree with you. I do not think Mason Fine is a dink and dunk quarterback. I think he showed you when he had time to throw, he could throw it deep. He hit Tevin Jones, just missed Tevin Jones in the end zone. If Jones dives, he threw a couple of wide side throws. He didn't have a lot of, and they rolled him out quite a bit, which cuts off half the field. And I think they rolled it out, not because he can't read a defense, because he has to roll out. The launch point has to be moved because the O-line is in a state of flux and he's got his third receiving core so that's why i'm not going to jump on him too much and to piggyback your point i think kelly jeffrey needs to take the shackles off let's see what this guy's got let's let's rock and roll when you're playing bc and you're playing toronto you're gonna have to score some points dink and dunk ain't gonna get it done well and look i agree with you wholeheartedly there and if you want any further example look at ottawa and what they're doing with dustin crumb Mm. right like i mean It feels from afar that they have almost handcuffed him. One hand behind his back is how Mason Fine's going about it. Drum, all the shackles are off, and it's go time. It is 100 miles an hour, and let's let's turn this into an old-fashioned CFL game with the score in the 40s. Let's do this. Mm. There, there's no need to be cautious at this point. Yeah. No. Why do I say that? everybody's job is on the line. And let's talk about that. Let's talk about that with that in mind. I make a... I make a point to say I don't fire anybody on this show because when you point, a bunch of fingers come pointing back at you, but you are a reporter. So let's talk about the the coaches that could be on the hot seat. We knew uh, Dickey coming in didn't have a contract, so he already started with his seat a little warm. Okay, uh, Orlando Steinauer can't be long for that job if they keep playing the way they are. And Chris Jones, the obvious one, what are you hearing? Here's the... <laughs> I, I got this about a week or two ago, and this is, you know, two two losses ago for the Edmonton Elks, and they don't even have a win yet. Mm-hmm. Somebody said to me, who's connected in league circles, they said, keep an eye on Craig Dickinson being linked to Edmonton in some way this offseason. Mm-hmm. And I thought, wasn't what, isn't that interesting? Because by this offseason... The Sunderland money is going to be off the books. The Elizondo money is going to be off the books. Um, they'll probably have a little bit of that still left over. Um, the more, you know, I, I know Victor Cui said 
that Jones is under contract for four guaranteed years. I wonder if you can mulligan that one. I'm not quite sure how that works with the idiotic staff cap. <laughs> but that was the one that was the one thing that was really all oh, that you know you know <laughs> Ballsy, um High school students get a bad rap about being the biggest gossips out there. Mm-hmm. There is there is no there is nobody on earth who gossips more than professional football coaches. No, oh, yeah. and that was the one that really stood out to me. That I'm like, huh, isn't that one interesting? Well, I mentioned, oh, you think they're feeling the heat in Hamilton? They're taking Bo Levi Mitchell off the uh, injured list early because they got the red hot must watch Dustin Crum and the Ottawa Red Blacks on their plate. By the way, isn't that amazing? It's awesome that, that Ottawa story. It's awesome. It's. It's the best thing that has happened to the league in quite a while. I'll tell you what, there, at, last year, Arash, the BC Lions were must-watch with Rourke, TV yeah. with Rourke, uh, and he's a MAC quarterback. This guy's a MAC quarterback. Now, listen, it's only two games. I'm not going to put him exactly where Nathan Rourke was, but I'll tell you what, after everything that franchise has tried at quarterback, wouldn't that be something? What if they win this week? Well, what if Ottawa does it again? Right, back to back overtime wins, including a walk off at home. Um, what if they win this week? And I, I agree. Like this is pure desperation in Hamilton at this point. And I get you have to walk before you run when you're coming back from an adductor injury. But Baldy, I just don't see Bo Bo playing this week. I, I just can't see it. That is that is too much to ask for an injury like that at this stage of the season, right? Like, okay, if you want to get him out, you want to take him off the sixth game just so we can get out to practice once this week, maybe twice next week, that type, that type of thing. Okay. But to put him in a game right now, to me, you got to really, Look forward. Yeah. Okay. Um, His... Look look beyond just, just the immediate. And I think that's what Hamilton has to do. I want to quickly squeeze two more in here. We're getting up against the clock, but I got to get these in. So you mentioned Bo Levi Mitchell, or I did. How about his old team, the Calgary Stampeders? You've been talking about this for years. I kind of piggybacked your train this year. I said, I don't know about Jake Mayer since he signed that contract. I think we could be seeing the, I don't want to say fall, but Calgary's going to slip a little bit here. And we're starting to see cracks. Well, you bring up Jake Mayer, and that's fair. I look at the rest of the roster, Ballsy, and they are a skeleton of what they used to be and a shell of, from a talent standpoint of what they once had. And even look at that Ryder game, the Hail Mary that, you know, yeah. the, the Riders got on a touchdown, two defensive backs colliding with one another. And now comes Dave Dickinson publicly saying jobs are on the line. And that's when you know that Rome may not be burning, but that the seat is really hot right now. Yeah, for sure. And, and I just don't think they're good enough from a talent standpoint at many positions on the football field. Yeah, that was, uh, you know, it's funny because uh, usually you'd walk into Calgary and for sure the Stamps are going to beat Ottawa, but that, was, uh, that wasn't a shock to me that Ottawa won that game. In fact, I picked Ottawa to win that game, so uh, very interesting. And lastly, the Rough Riders are taking on the best team in the league, the defending Grey Cup champion Toronto Argonauts, and I watched them, and I love what Chad Kelly's got going on. He can throw the football. His receivers bail him out a lot, 
but also a rash. I don't know if you agree with this, and this isn't a shot at Kelly, but we had A.J. Olette on the show yesterday. He has time to throw because he has a stud backfield. A one-two punch that's by far the best in the league. A one-two punch that can also pass protect. A one-two punch where not only do they carry the football, those running backs, but they're able to catch out of the backfield and make the offense go. Like, I don't look at Willette and Harris Balsy as running backs. I almost think running back is now an archaic name for the position. I, like, I look at those two. I look at a, at a player like Christian McCaffrey. I call them OWs. I call them offensive weapons. Mm-hmm. And at a time where the running back position is being more and more devalued in professional football, I look at Willette, I look at Harris, and I say to you, I say to the listeners, these two players are as dynamic and as important, and this is no slight on Curly Gittens or you know, the skilled guys, the other skilled guys in Toronto, but those two are the engine. Those two are the ones that allow Chad Kelly to do their thing and keep defenses honest. And those two are missing on a lot of rosters right now, which is why some of the offenses are struggling. Arash, this is fun. It's always fun talking football. Enjoy the week's... Uh, well, actually, we'll talk to you Thursday, so we'll, te- we'll talk some more about uh, CFL football and, and other things, maybe some World Women's Cup soccer, too. Thanks for your time, man. Thanks, Ballsy. Time now for the Cage Clutch Performer on 620 CKRM. And this ball lined to right... And it's down, and it's past Hayward all the way to the wall. Biggio home. Chapman home. Merrifield to third. Yeah, our clutch performers, Dalton Varsho of the Toronto Blue Jays at Chavez Ravine yesterday in a rare meeting with the Dodgers in the L.A. area. He had a two-run double in the top of the 11th. Toronto would go on to win the game 6 to three, our clutch performer for Nick Service in Emerald Park, your local Massey Ferguson challenger, Rogator, Gleaner, and Fent dealer. Give him a call, 781-1077. The Sports Cage is your locker room pass. We're talking riders on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. Welcome back to the Sports Cage. Let's pick the score right now. Now, Zinger, what are these tickets for? Are they for the August 6th game here? Against Bobby Dice and the Ottawa Red Blacks? Yes, sir. Okay, Dustin Crum coming to town. They could be 3-4. and four. They could be 4-3. and three. They got the Hamilton Tiger Cats, who just traded Ja'Garrett Davis for a late-round pick to Calgary because Calgary has James Vodders on out the torn bicep. So, 936-6262. You can't have won in 90 days. So... We know we, we're like Santa. We have a list. We check it twice or three times. You can't have one in yeah. 90 days. Don't try to trick me, okay? Call right now. You give us, a, you give us a, a, a score, and you'll get tickets, and then we'll go from there. So just pick somebody on the fly here, singer. All right, let's do it. Hi, who's this? Hello? Hello? Hi, who's this? It's uh, one of your favorite fans, Wayne Medwood. Hi, Wayne. How's it going, man? Not bad. That's good, buddy. Uh, I never, I never miss your show. Oh, that's that makes me feel happy, man. You're not even. I don't even have an. Folks, I just want to point something out. I don't even have an Uncle Wayne. I don't even have an Uncle Wayne. 
Really? Yeah, so it's not like you're... What I'm saying here, Wayne, is it's not like I paid you to say that. It's not like... Uh, it's no. n- not like I know you... Like, I know who you are, but I don't... We don't, like... We're not related or anything, is what I'm saying. I'm a, I'm a lot like you. I shoot from the hip. Yeah, it <laughs> gets me in trouble a lot, Wayne. I, I gotta tell you, Zinger's doing a good job. He's come a heck of a long way from his first day, but it isn't the same without you, buddy. Thanks, I appreciate that. Zinger's a great guy, and Zinger has come a long way. And I really, uh, I really love working with Zinger. I had a dream the other day, Wayne. I broke up with Zinger, like we were fighting, and it was oh, it's terrible. It's almost like breaking up with my spouse. It's terrible, Wayne. Okay, Wayne, yeah. you, we're we're tight on the clock here. It's not like I want to uh, shuffle you no, away. No, no worries. Hey, what's the score going to be here in uh, in in Halifax? In Halifax, I'm. You know what? I'm picking an upset. Yeah. yeah. What do you yeah. got? What's the score going to be, Wayne? I got uh, 27 Mm-hmm. 20. Yeah, that's going to be a tight game. Like, it could be a tight game. I don't think it's going to... Right now, last I saw Toronto's 10.5-point favorites. I think that's a little too much, but uh, they're definitely worthy of it. They are the best team in the CFL. Okay. Yeah, yeah, they're the best team, but, yeah. you know, we've been playing... Uh, we've been playing on... Uh, you know, we, we're not playing with a full deck lately, so... No, but guess what? Peter Godber's back. Anthony Lanier's yeah. second back. we got a couple receivers practicing, so maybe it's coming just in the nick yeah. of time. I love your positivity, man. Okay, so before I let you go here, so you're 27-20 for the Riders. You've automatically got tickets to go see the August 6th game when Ottawa comes to town. I don't know if you've been watching all the CFL games or just the Riders. I never miss anything. Good. What do you think of that? I love it, man. What do you think of that uh, crumb guy? He's He's fun to watch I, in Ottawa. I love it. I love it. He's he. I love it. I, I can't. I, you know where did this guy come from? Where's he been hiding? Him? Well, he's been on the roster, like in the you yeah. know, just on training camp. He's from he's from the MAC conference. He played against Nathan Rourke in that uh, conference in NCAA football. So that's kind of like Nathan Rourke. It's must see TV here, Ottawa, as this year as BC was last year. Okay, so here's how it goes, Wayne. You got yourself tickets to that game now. 27-20 is your prediction. If your score lines up and nobody else picks that same score, then you automatically win a $200 gift card to Sastel. If somebody else picked the 27-20s, well, no, we wouldn't let them pick that score. We wouldn't. You're in. Well, so, I'm, I'm telling you, I don't, I don't think there's a problem. I, I got a feeling. <laughs> yeah, I got a feeling. That's good. Anyway, you got tickets. You'll have a chance to win a $200 gift card to uh, Sastel, or from Sastel, and then you have a chance, maybe in the end, to go watch a game with three others in a luxury Sweet next year, a rider football game. Thank you very much. And from now on, can I please call you Uncle Wayne? Sure, but I want to make one fast comment. Sure. I, I've been, uh, I've got this girl. I'm an old guy. I got her into football a couple of years ago, eh? Mm hmm. And now she's watching your, she's listening to your show, eh? What's her name? Uh, Linda. Hi, Linda. Yeah. Yeah, Linda. Yeah, what's Thanks. up, Linda? Thanks, Linda and Wayne. That's good. Yeah. Tell all your friends. My... And she she didn't know anything about football. I, I've uh, She's been at a couple games with me. And mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really good. It's awesome, man. Do you, hey, now let me be a little selfish here. You listen to the show, but do you, like, do you mute the TV and listen to our football broadcast? That's what I want to know. You know what I, that's. Yeah, yeah, I do. I get, I mute the TV all the time. Yeah, and I got uh, you know with this weather, I'm a backyard guy. I'm retired. Eh? Yeah. So I got my radio on outside, 
and I got my radio on inside. Uh, so, and my TV mute, so I, I just, you know, I don't miss anything. That's right, Wayne, I'm in your head. I love it. Yeah. I'm in your head, Wayne. That's awesome. Yeah. Take care, yeah, buddy. Yeah. Take care, buddy. You hang on the phone. My buddy Zinger will get some information from you. We got to go to uh, our news package, and then we'll be back with more of the sports cage in a moment, including an interview with Mason Fine here on 620 CKRM. <laughs> Back with your sports ticker, it's 4.33, and your sports ticker is brought to you by Bronco Plumbing and Heating, where professional service is guaranteed. They will treat you right. Just give them a call at 781-2090. The Toronto Blue Jays look for back-to-back wins versus the L.A. Dodgers tonight. Chris Bassett on the hill for the Bluebirds. He's 10-5 and so far this season with a 3.92 ERA. He's been pretty good for the Toronto Blue Jays. And looking at the playoff picture right now. I went through this yesterday, I believe, but with yesterday's win, uh, the Toronto Blue Jays, they're nestled in nicely right now for that last wild card spot in the American League. They are 56 and 45 here on July 25th. The Sports Cage is your voice for football, not only in the province, but around Canada. This is the Sports Cage CFL Report. A look at what's happening in our three down game. Third right fakes fear. Play pass 16 counters Z deep angle. Full back west right zoom. Full back left. Pass half back at zero. Z quick screen left. On one. Break. And our CFL report is sponsored by Kevin's Marine. Make the most of summer with a boat or pontoon from Kevin's Marine. Check them out in Fort Coppell or online at kevinsmarine.com. Well, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders take on a very powerful Toronto Argonauts team coming up Saturday in Atlantic Canada, second straight time. The Argos have a great passing game, but a lot of that passing success has to do with this guy, running back A.J. Olette. Yeah, so, I mean, going back to high school, we ran the triple option, so we had the wing T, and I was the fullback in the wing T, so it was all downhill. Whoever's in the way is going to get helmet, shoulder pads, and knees. And then I kind of just carried on uh, into college. Okay, so you play. Let's 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 paint a picture here. Okay, age. By the way, I didn't. I don't have your bio in front of me. How old are you? Uh, twenty-eight. Just turned twenty-eight. July twentieth. Oh, happy birthday, man! Happy belated birthday. Okay, so AJ, uh, it's a Sunday game. When are you feeling good again after the way you play after a Sunday game? How long does it uh, take you to feel good again? Um, so that just depends on how much sleep the coaches give us the next day. Sometimes these away games, we're, we're getting back into the facility with four hours of sleep, and that normally takes maybe two days for me to start feeling good. Take me back to that game. You guys beat the Hamilton Tiger Cats, your arch rivals, just down the, the highway there. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of the last time. Coach, Coach said it was like 10 years or something last time we won there at night um, <laughs> and all that. And then we ended up getting a hotel room the night before the game, which we don't normally do, but Coach said he wanted to treat it like a true road game so we can go in there and play our best. I knew, uh, you know, midway through that first quarter, our receivers were going to have a, uh, a heyday, and it showed on, like, the first three drives. Yeah, I mean, how proud are you for guys like you, Andrew Harris, to, you know, you get that kind of attention, and that does open things up. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what we, uh, our, we tip our hat off on um, in the running back room. First off, uh, pass protection. You gotta, you know, give uh, give him the time to throw it. But um, secondly, if you can uh, bring down the extra safeties, bring in the the Sam backer, 
It's just going to open up windows, and uh, Chad's arm is unbelievably strong, so he can fit it in tight windows, and the windows just get bigger with the, the safeties and um, you know halves coming down to try to stop the run. Nobody covers your team like our team. This is the Sports Cage on the Mighty 620 CKRM. Yeah. Rocking out with Zinger. It's Ballsy 936-6262. The number to text. Mark says he's sitting in Regina by his pool. Oh, look at Rich Boy there, Mark. Where's my invite? Yeah, where's our invite? We can do the show live from your pool, Mark. Come on, man. He wants to know what the flight schedule for the team is to Halifax. I know they land 940 uh, Nova Scotia time. That's all I can tell you. 940 Thursday night uh Nova Scotia time. We lose time going that way. I remember, uh, I won't name the, um, this is a funny story, so I won't name the Pat player, but he was going to the, um, <laughs> he's going to the All-Star game. I think it was in Kelowna and he lost two hours mm-hmm. on the flight. And Brent Parker hands him the ticket to go, like, here's your ticket to go to the All-Star game. And he go, he looks at it and he's I'm leaving at nine, and I get there at nine oh eight. He's like, "Am I on that? Am I, am I on like on a? Am I like on a red eye? Like what?" He goes, "No, there's a time change." Holy smokes! Yeah. Come on! Thank God some of these guys could slap the puck. Oh my god! It was the same guy that it was the same yeah, more hints. Come on! It was more the hints. same guy. It was the same guy that went to the equipment manager and said, "You gave me, you gave me two left elbow pads. Oh, those would be large." <laughs> I'm not kidding you. There was another Pat that bought what, himself. What time frame? There's, no, I'm not telling you. There was another Pat that bought himself a uh, a beautiful suit, okay? After he got drafted in the NHL, like more money than you and I make in a week. And he dried it in the dryer and it shrunk and went. <laughs> <laughs> the sleeves went up to his elbows. That's hilarious. So the uh, hockey players are smart. I'm not saying the hockey players are dumb, but some of them are dumb. I just said they're smart. Some of the athletes are dumb in any sport. Uh, you, just like some radio announcers are dumb. Zinger's I'm smart. Dumb. I'm, I'm dumb. I'm not very smart at all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know another word that you say that drives me nuts? Yeah, let's hear it. Regular. Regular. Yeah, they are better. You've said regular season. Re- I get flustered sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to John the Habs fan. John, how are you, bud? Not bad, Baldy. How you doing? Good, man. What's up? Well, you know, this game I don't have much confidence in. I mean, our Eagles are the highest scoring team in the league. Yeah. They are the best team in the league. Yeah, but but we have a good de- we have a good defense. Did you watch? Hey 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 hey! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Just wait a minute! Did you watch our defense shut down a pretty good BC Lions team? Give it to him, John. He's making yes, fun of me. Did you see that, John? Did. You did see that, and I we get did. and we get Anthony Lanier the second back. Uh, like, listen, Toronto should be favored, but we're getting some guys back. I heard you had quite a nickname for Mason Fine. That's why I brought your butt on the radio. What's your nickname? Mason three-yard fine. Oh, get out of here, John. Get out of here, John. Call back tomorrow. Call back tomorrow when you're smarter, John. Call back tomorrow when you're smarter. Okay, John? See ya. Take care. Hey, three-yard fine. We have, an- we have another call. Do you oh, want to take it? Yeah, on the fly. I'm dangerous. Okay, let's yeah, go. Let's go. Who's calling? Hi, who's this? It's Jeff Campbell. Hey, Jeff, what's up? Hey, Baldy. Great show today. Thanks. Um... I'm from Halifax, mm-hmm. and I have a lot of relatives that got flooded out. I have a lot of friends that are there, mm-hmm. and I do believe with Mike Savage, 
they just need to approach him in a different way. And having lived in Halifax, and I know Mike Savage, great guy, but I think that they could use St. Mary's and get a football team there. It's just they got to go about it the right way. And uh, but with everything with the flooding they've had, yeah, it not be a good time to be pushing. It. You know, it's funny, Jeff. You brought that up, and that's a great point because I was going to bring it up to Arash. We ran out of time. In fairness to the CFL, uh, they had Mister Drummond here in Regina, who's got deep pockets. He was part of the ownership group that wanted that team, you know, before COVID. Then COVID hit, and what government was going to put taxpayers' money towards the stadium when we went through a pandemic, right? And now, yeah. and now things are really heating up, and then all of a sudden, you guys have wild fires out there taking people's homes and livelihood and then like a family drowned in the water like there's like just a you know that's that's symbolic of what's happened with the flooding so you're right i think it's time and like Arash said it's time for the city or for the uh, cfl to go in there not push the envelope have a celebration let's take their minds off of the crap they've been dealing with and uh, and i mean what's 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 it you know what's the Big deal if we just kind of slow play this a little more. But we can't slow play it too long, though. That's a thing. No, I'd have to agree with that. Like, I'm one of those guys that's from Halifax that live in Saskatchewan. Huge Ryder fan. And I will be a Ryder fan even if they can get a team. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I have to say that I think the best thing for them and for the CFL is to really look at how they can get that team in St. Mary's. St. Mary's a huge football university, huge. Mm-hmm. And I think that if they do that and they so, slow play it, and instead of building a great big arena, I think if they make it better for uh, the St. Mary's Huskies, that they have, you know, put some money into that. And I think they can make it work. I really, really do. I mean, it, you know, Halifax is a big football town. It is. You don't need a huge stadium. Like, the Riders have a big stadium, but you don't need, like, per se, but you don't need a big fancy stadium. You need one like Hamilton's got. Hamilton's got a clean, cookie-cutter, 25,000-seat stadium, and they don't even need that big a stadium. They can go, you know, they can go 12, expandable to 20 for, like, a CFL team, and I think that's what you got to budget. 20,000. 20,000, and if somehow, you know, it's all it's called supply and demand, right, Jeff? you got to have supply and demand. No, Ballsy, you're you're right. But, I mean, even if they have fifteen to 20000 I still think they can make that work. Yep. And if they wait long enough, they put the money into the university, Mm -hmm. the next thing they're going to know is that they could have a huge fan base. I mean, look at Toronto. Toronto never gets anybody. Now that they're starting to win some games, they might get some people. But, I mean, you don't need that great big stadium in Halifax. 100%. Something like fifteen, twenty thousand. 20,000. You know, and the politicians, like I've dealt with those politicians in Halifax, and they're tough to deal with. But I think they can do it if they're going to benefit the university. Well, right, and if you do the university, like you said, Jeff, maybe you can get that federal money in there because it's uh, it's it's part of going towards a be, you know higher learning center, so to speak. Exactly, and that way you can nail both. Yeah, um, for, yeah, for sure, man. Yeah, I mean, if people got money and they want to do that, it can be done, but I think it's 2025 that they should be looking at. Yeah, and I think, I think you're probably on the right track there. Anyway, enjoy the game this weekend. Thanks for listening to the show. Appreciate it, Jeff. Great. I'll be. You have a good time in Halifax. Have a lobster. With I will. That's the only time I have lobster. So absolutely, man. Yeah, you don't go to Halifax for a steak. You go there for a lobster. Just like you wouldn't come to Saskatchewan. No offense, but I'm not looking for fish in Saskatchewan. I'm looking for some beef. Thanks for your time, Jeff. Take care, man.
Th- if you need fish, let me know. Uh, I can get it here for you. <laughs> Thanks, man. You got to work up for me. I love it. <laughs> I love it, man. That's Jeff Campbell, one of our listeners. I love uh, hearing from him. Thanks to, uh, to him for his input. All right, Blaine Wylan and others uh, visiting with Mason Fine, the quarterback of your Rough Riders. Uh, Mason, after watching the film, what was your kind of your thoughts? Did you have any different thoughts after watching the film from Saturday's game? Um, not really, just because um, obviously there's some, some things you can pick up on. But overall, how I felt going out of the out of BC on Saturday is kind of what we saw. Just got to execute better. Um, you know, there's a couple of throws you miss here and there, a couple of decisions you want to have back, but that's football, right? You just go with the punches, keep adapting, try to overcome it, learn from the film, and try to not make the same mistakes uh, this upcoming game and, uh, and and get better from it. Uh, look at the negatives, learn from it, look at the pauses, and keep building on it. What has to happen to generate some more offense this time around? Yeah, I think it's just going back to you know executing um, on offense, whether that's having your eyes in the right spot, uh, having good footwork, um, you know, <laughs> Being good with your uh, technique, um, being, being being prepared, making sure your body's able to do the job, but also uh, mentally being sharp and and knowing what the defense is um, trying to do, and and execute the offense and have trust in the offense, have trust in in the play call, have trust in your teammates, and not try to do too much. And uh, and also, but you got to be a football player too. When the ball comes your way or when the ball's in your hands, you, you got to make the right decision, but make plays also. What's it like having Linnaeus and Winicky out here again? Oh yeah, it's great to have their uh, leadership. Their um, just being vet guys, they know how to practice, know how to prepare. Um, they're positive out here. You know, something about them makes everyone smile. So it's great to have those guys back. Um, they were running around today with fresh legs, looking good. So um, it's going to be good to have those guys back. And I know they're excited and looking forward to the opportunity also. How much does those, the size of those two receivers help you guys? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's good to have um, Leonidas. That's that's what we call him. It's his nickname. Um, it's good to have him back out there. He's looking sharp. Jake's just a savvy vet. He's the smartest receiver that I know. Just knows where to go, knowing where the defense is weak at. Blitzes. He has his eyes in, in all the aspects. So um, it's, it's just great having those big body guys out there, and hopefully they can make some plays for us. Is there something you're going to do differently this week in terms of your preparation or execution? Uh, in preparation throughout the week, no. There's nothing I'm going to do. Uh, Differently in, in my preparation, whether you know, because I think I did a pretty good job in the weeks leading up to it. Um, physically, nutrition-wise, would be the same. Working out, uh, may work out a little bit harder. I, I don't know. Depends on it. Uh, watch watch the film, exact same film. Prepare the exact same way. And uh, I felt like going into the BC, like the defense, you know, wasn't wasn't too much for me. I think I was seeing what they were trying to take away and trying to do. Um, so, so the game was coming to me. It's just, you know, getting those reps, getting a little bit better and being more confident uh, leading this team. And um, and I felt like I was prepared, so I'm just going to prepare the exact same way, maybe um, focus a little bit more, continue to learn how to watch film a little bit better, maybe ask um, uh, the OC, uh, Coach Kelly, for some more tips, maybe even go to Shives and see, you know, kind of what, how he, he's a D coordinator. How, how does he prepare for a quarterback? How does he get ready? Maybe go ask for some useful tips. Use all the resources I have around me uh, to keep continuing to get better and learn the games um, of preparation and, and to help me be better on Saturday. You got a taste of touchdown Atlantic kind of last year's backup, but this time around, what are you most excited for being the starter? Uh, just, just the overall trip. Um, just being with my, my teammates, uh, hanging out with them, uh, enjoying Halifax. Uh, I remember last year, I just I loved the food there. I spent my whole per diem in like two days there on the food. So <laughs> delicious food. I'm probably going to do the same exact thing, hopefully get out. But uh, obviously the game too, having all the fans out there. I know we're, we're traveling so far, but uh, 
we, tra we traveled very well last year with the Ryder Nation, so uh, excited to see them all there and, and play in front of those in front of our fans. So what's the team have to do the last three games having scored touchdowns in the first half, in the first three quarters? What's the difference going to be this week? You know, football is just—it's such a crazy sport because you're like, ah, oh, you know, it's not scoring touchdowns. It's literally just maybe one guy on every single play that maybe not does their job some some small minute detail that 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 stops you from getting a touchdown or getting that one first down or maybe draws a penalty to not keep that drive going alive so it's it's, it's so, so small that we just got to continue to focus in um and, and try not to make those mistakes over and over and i think coming out here on day one like coach Dickinson said this is the best day one we've had all year i think offensively we came out here with great intensity and great focus uh, with a chip on our shoulder and we were flying around on offense and it was something to prove and i think um, we got to continue that momentum going into day two day three into halifax and hopefully it goes on um, happens on saturday but um, i'm liking the way our team's our offense is responding right now and um, uh, I love those guys in the locker room. So we'll see. Obviously, we'll see. Football's a funny sport. We don't know the status, obviously, of like Tevin Jones wasn't out here tonight. A couple other guys. So does it change at all, though? Kind of this revolving door that you're trying to get used to these receivers. Um, yeah, it's just getting reps with those guys. Um, it's good to have like Jake and Leonidas coming back because I've um, been throwing to them and, and stuff like that. But uh, it's hey, it's professional football. You got you got to get used to them real quick. Uh, chemistry's there. And then uh, Hirsch Hirsch today did a good job stepping in for Tevin, and he he looks good out there. He was looking good in camp, so um, he, he, he's smart. He stepped in there. He made the plays, and I have uh, total confidence in him. Whatever may happen, he's ready to step up and make plays. So it's just I think we've got a bunch of great professional, great mature men in there that are, are just doing their job and ready to step in. So, yeah, I'm excited. At the time, it's obviously the game is paramount, but when you look at it yourself and Dane Evans, two indigenous quarterbacks in the game at the same time, how significant is that? Yeah, I think that's really cool, uh, really significant, really cool. Um, I, didn't, I didn't even think about it during the game, but I think Dane said something to me after the game and stuff. So uh, it's awesome to see that, especially uh, two kids from, from Oklahoma. And what's funny about uh, the story with Dane is he was at the University of Tulsa when I was in high school at Locust Grove, about 40 minutes. And I always wanted to go to the University of Tulsa growing up. And I remember watching Dane, and Dane's not that much taller. He's maybe six foot. So I was like, ah, if he can do it, you know, I can do it. It's one of those guys. So I, was, I always went and watched TU games and watched Dane. And I remember I went to a camp and I talked to Dane like one. I don't know if he remembers this, but I went to a Tulsa camp and I remember talking to him. And so, uh, just it's really cool, especially just because I'm real close to Dane and, and, and um, you know, even his family and stuff. So I, I went to college with his sister and stuff, and we're real close. So it's real cool to see us having that success, both being indigenous and just both both kids, you know, uh, living out their dreams and, and being great role models for people. What did uh, Dane say to you after the game? What did you talk about? Uh, I mean, really, it was just about the game. Um, uh, he stepped in, did his job, and he's just telling me to uh, hang in there, be, be a warrior. Um, you know, you're doing a great job, and wish me all the best and all that stuff. And uh, um, that's really kind of what we just talked about and stuff. And then I asked about VA and stuff like that. So. How important is it to be a, be a role model? Uh, yeah, it's important, and I, I don't really think about it, honestly, like living day to day. It's just kind of something that hopefully you just live right, and you're not even thinking about it, right? It just comes natural. Um, and so. I'm from such a young age, since high school, I've always kind of had like a lot of media around me, so I've always kind of, it's been in my mind, but um, I gotta give uh, credit to my parents because they, they, I think they've raised me the right way where I don't even have to think about being a role model. I just live my day um, and how I think you know, a person should and then everything else will follow after that. Well, you remember when, I just, gotta, I just saw this, remember when Putin said he cured COVID? Back then, he said he cured COVID. Rings a bell, yeah. Yeah, Joe Biden just said he cured cancer. Like, he, <laughs> I just played you that clip. Can you believe that? Uh, oh, my gosh. What know. is going on in this world? <laughs> like, what is going on? Just leave, Uncle, proves, leave it, Uncle Joe alone. It proves that 
I, you're not necessarily getting the best candidates for the political office. You're just getting just people. Just they're just plucking anybody to lead. It's crazy. This is the. How about that, how about that one time middle of a press conference? He just got off the stage and went to go get some ice cream. <laughs> Just it's. I'm not just even talking him. Just in general, <laughs> like what is going on? Anyway, uh, we're gonna we got something cool for you coming up next in the sports cage on 620 CKRM. It's time to step into the radio octagon. You're tuned to the sports cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio 620 CKRM. All right, here we go. Nine three six sixty two sixty two. Who wants to win Ram season tickets? A backpack, what else do they get, Zinger? Some swag. Some swag. So you get season tickets to all four Ram home games. Five, including the preseason. Five, including the preseason. Do they play Manitoba? Yeah. Here at Mosaic Stadium. Yeah. Or, uh, I think at Libel Field, actually. No, it's at Mosaic. Is it? Okay, yep. you know it. You're the public address announcer. You know what's going on there. Yep. And um, so you get swag and you get season tickets. If you want to go, 936-6262. You have to call in and tell me who the head coach of the U of R Rams is. Ooh. 936-6262. You don't want to see the stars of tomorrow today? Everybody's like, they could have they could have watched Stefan Charles, Akeem Hicks, John Ryan, just to name three, but then went and sp- but didn't go to the games, but then went and spent all that money to go watch them in the NFL. Looks like we have one. Okay, let's go live. No, oh, we don't. Come on, Hung up on me. Well, these are free tickets to the Rams game. Okay, season tickets. Jorgen Hughes. Here we go from the Ra- Rams on the football team. All right, we got a lot of callers. Okay, now. here we go. Nine three six sixty two sixty two. Pick one zinger. Got one. Hi, who's this? It's Lyle. Lyle, how are you, Lyle? Pretty good there. Good. Good. What are you up to there, Lyle? Uh, oh, just going home from a hard day's work. Where's a hard day's work? Because I don't work hard. <laughs> I work at Vital Air. Vital Air. What is that? Wow. Is that like a air purification or what? Yeah, we have air for all the hospitals and stuff. Oh, yeah, I'd say that's a pretty oh, important job. Wow. Yeah, I stand I stand behind you for all the hard work you do. So congratulations, Lyle. But first got to tell me. Who's the head coach of the Rams? Do you know his name? Mark McCulley. Oh, it's hilarious. You combine the Rams and the Thunder coach. Scott, <laughs> McCau- Scott McCauley and Mark McConkey. Say Mark McConkey. Mark McConkey. That's right. <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. what, brother? That is hilarious. Yeah, he gets the tickets. Yeah, he, gave me, he just gave me a huge <laughs> laugh there, man. Okay, Lyle, hang on the phone there. You got tickets to the Rams all season at home, including the preseason, and some swag, too, which includes a, a gym bag or some sort of thing. A backpack, backpack baby. A, yeah. back, a Rams backpack. Pretty cool, okay? Perfect. Hang on the phone there, Lyle. He's tired. Is at the end of the day. He probably knew the name. Oh, he's he vital, knew it. He's vital, just tired. Vital air. Yeah, like he's exhausted. He it's doesn't tell five o'clock. He doesn't tell fourth rate jokes and give the uh, wrong sports information all day like me and you. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. When we come back, we got plenty to go, including the professor Don Hewitt. He'll come by with Huey's heroes and zeros. Don Hewitt. We got Brian Raymond. We got some more rider audio from practice, and we wrap the show up with Glenn Suter. It's the sports cage for Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan Lotteries on 620 CKRM. Sports Talk lives here. Welcome to another hour of the Sports Cage with your host, Michael Ball.
This is Football 101, a look at CFL news and notes with the Professor Don Hewitt. All right, time now for our growing segment. Growing in popularity, that is. It's Huey's Heroes and Zeros with the Professor Don Hewitt. He's on our pre- and post-game show, uh, and he's a broadcasting legend, as you know, here in these parts. So, uh, Don, thanks for joining me on the Western Pizza Hotline. Let's start with a hero. Give me one of your heroes. Okay, well, you know, I'm going to tie in the two heroes uh, with a common thread, uh, a common thread that they both have, and that's leadership. Uh, the first hero, without a doubt, it just sprung to the top, without question, uh, Larry Dean, the rider middle linebacker. Six tackles in British Columbia. He's uh, second in tackles uh, league-wide with 43. Every game, you don't have to look up who leads the Rough Riders in tackles. You already know. He's seven behind, like always, of the stance was having a crazy season. Uh, but let's be honest, uh Larry Dean is the best football player at his position on the Rough Riders. He's also my favorite Rough Rider for this year. He's better than Darnell Sankey because he drops better. He's better against the pass. Darnell Sankey was slower than Molasses, but Darnell Sankey was great in the box. Well, guess what? Larry Dean can do both, uh, and he's, like I said, a natural leader. I, I can't imagine the Rough Riders without Larry Dean, with all their injuries, Thank goodness that he's healthy. Six or seven years older than Darnell Sankey, too. Like, this dude's in his middle 30s. Like, everybody talks about Adam Big Hill, but this guy's a flat-out oh. stud. Absolutely agree with you, Don. Had a strip sack in that game, too. So he has come to play, and he's a definite leader. Okay, give me one of the zeros, Don Hewitt. And just to add, he's he's playing better football by a mile. Than Big Hill, there's not. It's not even close. Father Time, fa- yeah. Father Time looks like it's tapping Adam Big Hill on the shoulder. Yes, it is. And Larry Dean seems to have found the fountain of youth. Well, anyway, and, and and honestly, Don, I'm glad. Let's keep talking about this for one second. Think about that. That dude had one of those five Achilles in his 30s, and he has come back seemingly better than ever. He is the most determined individual, one of the most determined, dedicated, hardworking, and disciplined athletes I have ever seen on the Rough Riders. I'll honestly say Wow, that's a big statement. You've been around a long time, Professor. Okay, let's get to a zero, and it's not Larry Dean. So on the other side, who's a zero? Okay, the first zero, the rider payouts for injured players is a financial disaster right now. Balzia, that's a real zero. Craig Reynolds, oh my goodness, what he's up against. Think about it. For two players injured, two players injured, they are paying out three quarters of a million dollars. That's, of course, for Harris and Lanier. Now, I looked at the other injured players, and I estimated it's around $1.4 million that Saskatchewan is paying out for the other players that are on the two injury lists. That's over $2 million. That's Saskatchewan, and, and it's over $2 million, I would say, easily that Saskatchewan is paying out for injured players. You talk about needing their fans. And, of course, there's three players hurt in Vancouver as well. They got to the point where they had no receivers left in Vancouver, as you as you alluded to in your play-by-play after the Picton injury. So, you know, people can talk about this and that and whatever they want to talk about. The biggest problem that the Saskatchewan referees have by an absolute country mile are there injuries? It's just unprecedented again. 
and it's certainly hurting them in, in the piggy bank. Don, should we be concerned about Anthony Lanier and the injuries he continues to have? This is a different injury from last year. It's a very physical position, so it's not a shot at him, but should we be starting to get concerned about that? Absolutely. I mean, uh, a foot injury uh, could be a season ender. I don't know if he's going to be back this season or if he's going to be back in two weeks or is he back this week? I don't think he would be. I don't know. Mm. You know more about that than I do. But, yes, a real concern. The highest paid American defender uh, in the CFL. And uh, another issue, too, is filling in. I mean, Cox Jr. goes down. But Sean Lemon goes to Montreal. Uh, you know, maybe Christian Albright's going to come in there for the Riders and Halifax Ballsy. I guess we'll find out. Yeah, going to be very interesting. Uh, yeah, and um, you know, you look at it too. The and it's no disrespect to the they had to they had to sign guys to try to get back into the win column and make the playoffs. We know it was at stake going into the season. But Trevor Harris hurt. He's you know, 37. Philip Blake, 37. Hurt. Jake Winicky, hurt. Darrell Walker, hurt. All these guys north of 30, hurt. Yep, and uh, that's father time. Uh, so, you know, that's certainly a factor. These yeah. older players were injured. And, uh, you know, Walker, uh, it didn't even appear that he got hit hard. Yeah. You know, when he was, when he was hurt, a younger a Darrell Walker would have... Uh, would have been okay. Okay, so let's get to another hero, Don Hewitt. Okay, like I said, uh, Ballsy, I'm going to tie in the two heroes with uh, a common thread of being natural leaders. Of course, Larry Dean is a natural leader. Well, he so is Ottawa Red Black head coach Bob Dice. He was a great choice as the head coach of the Ottawa Red Black. He's already showing it, and he's a Canadian. It's great to see a Canadian uh, doing well again, like Michael Shea's been doing in Winnipeg. Uh, you know, winning with his fourth-string quarterback, Dustin Crum. I mean, Dustin Crum was fourth-string at one point, and he beats Winnipeg and Calgary uh, with Dustin Crum. And in just a little over two starts, uh, Crum has passed for 667 yards. Uh, amazing. It's it's the story of the CFL without doubt. And now we know, you know, I was uh, about a month ago, I'm looking at the Riders' schedule, and I go, oh, good, on August 6th, the Riders host the Red Box. That's a gimme. Uh, no, that is not a gimme. They've got a tough one against the Argonauts, obviously, uh, coming up on Saturday in Halifax. But they're going to have to buckle up their chin straps on August 6th as well. Gee, Don, you look at that schedule for the Rough Riders. Went to, no, listen, nobody is going to be crying for the Rough Riders. It's professional football. But I'm stating a simple fact. You go to BC, you let that one get off the hook. You probably could have won that one. Um, mm-hmm. So, so you lose that one. Now you go to Toronto, across country, and face uh, the best team in the CFL. Uh, they're already ten and a half point favorites last night, or uh, underdogs last I saw. Argos are favorites. Then you got to come back here, and I agree with you. You don't have a free space in the bingo cart, not even close to it against Bob Dice's team. They could be rolling in here four and three. Then you got to go on five days to play Cody Fajardo and Jason Moss, who will be absolutely jacked to play the Rough Riders. So that's not a gimme, and they never. Play play that well in Montreal and then you got to come back and play the BC Lions before the bye all I got to say is yikes yeah it's yikes and, and I mean that's where you need the Larry Deans on your team uh, things look tough uh, but you know you've got to get the, some leadership out of your dressing room and you've got to 
you know, give it 100% effort, which I th- thought they did mm-hmm. in BC. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's it's crunch time. The Rough Riders are against the wall, and uh, we're going to see who rises to the top in very difficult circumstances, especially, of course, Mason Fine. Uh, Mason Fine will start in Halifax. I'm sure he's going to start against Ottawa, and I think at that point, after three starts, and he's had a couple before last year, then we'll maybe get a better pitcher. Okay, where is Mason Fine? Where is he at? Mm. Right now, he's not at Dustin Crumb's level. We know that uh, in his third year in the CFL. But can he get up to a Dustin Crumb level? Can he get up to a level where he can win football games? That remains to be seen. I don't know. We don't know. No, we don't. And lastly, your final zero, Don Hewitt. The zeros are a a brother act in the CFL, the Dickinson brothers, for their continuous gambles. Now, Dave and Craig, on their respective two CFL teams, both criticized on phone-in shows after their respective games this past weekend for their gambles that didn't work. Now, Stampeder fans were really going after Dave because they felt his gambles in their game against Ottawa cost the Stampeders the game. And, you know, these guys talk on the phone. They're close brothers. And they, they, they apparently have similar philosophies. And my my suggestion to both is go more conservative. And, and then we go back to the little general, Ronnie Lancaster, the most famous football player to ever play here in Saskatchewan. He always said, both as a player and as a coach, take the points. And Ronnie would never look at a gamble usually until – the fourth quarter when there was no other choice. And, you know, it takes patience to take the points. It takes patience earlier in the game. You don't know what's going to evolve and what's going to happen, but you, you, you're you patient and you, you pluck away at the points when you can. And I think the Dickinson brothers' philosophy are more riverboat gambles. And the fact is, in, particularly in Saskatchewan's case, the problem with the gambles isn't just the decision either. It's execution. They're just not executing on these gambles. I mean, the execution has been poor. I'm glad that Jake Dolegalo, they finally figured out that a guy at 6'7", 242, should be the short yardage quarterback and should have been at the start of the season. Hmm. I mean, the guy can just reach out and get the first down. Yeah. Uh, so I've, I have no idea why he wasn't the short yardage quarterback all along here. Two uh, heroes I want to throw in there, Don. Tevin Jones, I think he's the best Rough Riders receiver. And he's a great yep. foot, and he's a great football player. And you got to yep. tip your cap to Jason Shivers and what he did against the high-powered BC Lions offense. Right. That's the second best offense in the uh, CFL. Problem for Jason and the gang—they go against the best offense this week. Yeah, I mean Jason Shivers was on my list uh, for heroes, and he got edged out <laughs> by Larry Dean and Bob Dyche. But Jason Shivers just dialed up a great game. And let's be honest, the Saskatchewan defense played well enough to win that ball game. In terms of their play, they should have, uh, they deserved the W for sure. Mm-hmm. That's Don Hewitt, heroes and zeros. Our house is your house. Welcome inside the sports cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. Time for me to get on my soapbox here. A little gospel according to Ballsy. Deshaun Watson doesn't get it, and he absolutely has no desire of trying to get it. That's the takeaway from the quarterback's first interview upon arriving at Brown's training camp. 
A remorseless Watson stood in front of reporters on Sunday calling the allegations of at least 25 women for sexual misconduct, which he settled, by the way, in civil court, a construct of the media who directed a narrative against him. <laughs> Believe me, I didn't misunderstand him. He was pretty clear. He's got no regrets. I was a young kid. I didn't think of the NFL. I didn't know I was going to make it out of high school. My mom being sick and having tongue cancer and not being able to eat solid food all day. You know, not having a father figure in my life ever. Probably 27 years, I've been seeing him four times. You know, and, you know, different stuff like that is just is things that people don't really get to hear about. You know, especially the last year has been, you know, the media directing and narrating something, something, something else. His entire game plan since the allegations came out has been to deflect, call the accusers liars and deny any wrongdoing. And now, of course, it's easy. Blame the media. The latest attempt by Watson to muddy the lack of coverage of his upbringing with the widespread reporting of sexual misconduct is just another tactic being used in his playbook. I mean, there's a reason why we really haven't reported on your upbringing. Because, well, quite honestly, it has nothing to do with sexual misconduct of 25 or more women. There are literally hundreds of examples of players overcoming personal adversity to find success in the NFL and not doing that to women. Watson's entitled to his opinion of the media, and me and the media, I'm entitled to my opinion of him. Guy's a disgusting loser. Now, as part of Watson's suspension, he was to undergo evaluation by behavioral experts as well as complete a treatment program. Those behind-the-scenes processes are largely unknown. But something obviously occurred, which has given the NFL belief that he is worthy of competition. While he continues to say he's done nothing wrong, the women lied, and the media made the whole thing up. So just to recap, okay? The quarterback with the best contract in the entire NFL is a remorseless goofball who paid off his victims, didn't learn anything from his punishment, and wants to blame the media. Shame on the Browns and the NFL for condoning these actions, and shame on Watson for pushing his garbage narrative. If you believe it, you're as dumb as he is. All right, speaking of quarterbacks in the NFL, Zinger, Justin Herbert of the Chargers, the highest-paid quarterback in NFL history. Five-year, $262.5 million contract extension with the Chargers. Now, that'll be short-lived because Burroughs do a contract and he'll sur- surpass him. They'll just keep one-upping each other, right? Yeah. So, yeah. I think it's a good signing, though. He's a good quarterback. you got to pay what you got to pay. So. He had uh, 40, or tw- four, 4,739 yards last year, 25 touchdowns. His team did blow that 27 nothing lead to the Jags. Get him on O-line. Yeah, that's right. Hey, we watched him live. He's better than Tua. Oh, yeah. People still have that debate because they I'm were drafted just... in the same class. Got to get him an O-line. Yeah, well. It's the problem with a lot of teams this year. Yeah. Let us uh, head on the Western Pizza Hotline. Let's talk with Brian Raymond at Flowing Springs. Brian, how are you? I'm doing great. Man, is it hot out there? It is very warm. Yeah, it is. It is super warm. But hey, it's a great night to walk around the golf course. Tell us about some of the specials you got. It is a great night to do that. It will cool off a bit. We got a bit of a breeze, so it's not too bad after it all. And uh, after six o'clock every night. Every night of the week, $19. Come out and walk the golf course. And, of course, every day of the week after 3 o'clock, it's $35. But, you know, the big thing is tomorrow's Wednesday. Every Monday and every Wednesday, ladies and seniors, that's people over 60, Mm -hmm. pay $32 to come out and play the golf course. And if you're not a senior or a lady, we still have a great deal at $42 to come out and do exactly the same thing, play the golf course, because it is in great shape. I'm interested. At $19 to walk the course at night, how much... 
you know, playing at a comfortable pace, how many holes could I get in with daylight and everything, do you think? Well, some of this comes down to, you know, how many balls you hit and how far you, you know, yeah, yeah, how yeah, yeah, accurate yeah. you are and how much time you have to spend looking for golf balls. But yeah. uh, right now, the golf course plays in about four, a little over four hours. So if there's nobody in front of you, you could probably play, you know, easily, you know, Nine? 16, maybe even 17. Holy, no, you even get 18 holes in. Holy cow. Three and a half hours. Brian Raymond, you're, me, I might get three holes in because I'm looking. Uh, listen, when I pay my fee, I use the entire course. I, uh, <laughs> if I'm paying my fee, I might as well use the entire course. I'll try a little sand are you, are you, trap, a little water. Are you water. telling me we should be start, starting to charge you by the stroke? Yeah, it could be very much. could <laughs> be very much that way. Hey, if they want to come out, pay a fee, and enjoy the great golf course at Flowing Springs, how do they do it? All you have to do is give us a call at 306-543-5050, and you can book online at flowingspringsgolf.com. Take care, Brian. Thanks a lot for your time, man. I appreciate it. Have a good it. one, guys. You too. All right, we'll talk to him on Thursday. Okay, another one, Zinger. You reached into our tickle trunk, and you found another one. A season ticket package to the Regina Rams and some swag that includes a Rams backpack. 9-3... No, no, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. The text line, 306 936 6262. You have to text in and you have to tell me correctly who is the Rams starting quarterback projected to be going into this season at 936 6262. Our text line powered by the Capital Auto Group. Zinger will pick a winner. Leave us your information. We'll have your cell phone, obviously. We want your full name and where you live, and maybe even your email address would be good, okay? So that's 936 6262. Our show brought to you by Saskatchewan Lotteries. Glenn Suter's on deck next here on the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. And your sports ticker at 531 is for Busy Bee Overhead. Busy Bee will replace your residential or commercial garage door. There it is. So you don't get stuck in or out. Catch the buzz. Busy Bee Doors, the garage door specialists. And the Riders making a nice signing today. They have signed American defensive back Tremaine Washington. Tremaine Washington is a five-year CFL veteran suiting up for 51 career games with the Toronto Argonauts. Edmonton Elks, Calgary Stampeders, and the Florida Native also attended the 2022 training camp with uh, the Ottawa Red Blacks. Washington spent four collegiate seasons at the University of Louisville in 45 games. The former Cardinal logged 141 tackles, 10 tackles for loss, four sacks, yet 10 picks in college, 22 pass knockdowns. I can go on, baby. Three forced fumbles, two fumble recoveries. And now he uh, lands in Ryderville. And in a corresponding move, the club has released American running back Rodney Smith. Your hard work, it allows the world to feed itself every day. Your rye, your wheat, and your barley. Your flax, lentils, and beans. Millions and millions of people need you to be out there. So while the world is relying on you this harvest, you can always rely on us. Ibarasa and Sons. If you need anything this busy harvest season, we'll be there. Ibarasa.com. Showcasing the boys of summer. Time for another edition of the Sports Cage Regina Red Sox Report on 620 CKRM. 
The Red Sox are in action tonight against Lethbridge, and uh, they're coming off uh, two wins in a row over Mustia, a uh, shortened uh, first game because of uh, something that carried over because of the rain, and then they won their second game of the doubleheader. So they're coming on in a little bit of a positive note here, taking on Lethbridge, 7.05 first pitch. And make sure to get your Big Apple raffle tickets mm. because the big draw is coming up on Friday, so you can win a trip for four to New York City. Yankees, Red Sox, Yankees, Mets, and they get to see Hamilton on Broadway. Hamilton baby. on Broadway. Yeah. So get it. Is just, that what you'd be really excited about? Yeah. I, I, I don't discriminate against types of entertainment. I'm, I'm down for it. You're well, open. One time when I was in New York City, I went to the Rockettes at Music City Radio Hall on Christmas Eve. So I enjoyed myself. You were by yourself at Christmas Eve? I was. I was home alone. I was just like home alone. I was just like Kevin. I went to the Packers game against the Jets. By yourself? By myself. A Christmas yeah. Eve. Yeah, I was. Wow. That was before I had a, wow. a family to love. I just had myself to love. <laughs> uh, shut your mic off. Uh, for the Canadian Brew House, Bye. hit the patio with great deals on selected Corona products on special. And every Tuesday, enter to win a signature CBH Corona patio umbrella. Every time Saskatchewan gets in second or long, they've been bringing Glenn Suter up on the outside. Sometimes they blitz him, sometimes they don't. But when he's blitzed, he's had success. And it's picked up by Suter. He runs it out of bounds. It's time for press coverage as former Ryder Greats and veteran CFL football broadcaster Glenn Suter shares his unique and passionate perspective about the league we love with Ryder Nation. Okay, so let's get to it, Glenn Suter, for Quality Tire with nine locations in Saskatchewan to serve you. Check them out, qualitytire.ca. I want to get your opinion, third down and two. Well, it's third down and a short two or a long one, however you want to look at it. Lions got six at the line of scrimmage, double eagle, so they got a guy over the center, and then two blocking the gaps to his right and to his left, so they're jamming it up there on that third and short. What did you think of the Riders going for it there? Well, I didn't like the call, and I and I said it. First of all, I was getting a little teary-eyed listening to Zinger's story, but I'll I'll get over that. I know, on. isn't that crazy? The guy's a by himself at Christmas. I was getting teary-eyed. I got I got a tissue though. I tapped the side of the eye, and I'm okay now. So tell him it's all good. He'll take counseling anyway, later. Yeah. Anyway, you know, Michael, I, I didn't like the call. I, I said it prior to the decision. I always try to do that on the air on television because I'd rather do that than second guess a coach's decision. I don't think that's fair because you're waiting to see the result. And if the result is good, then you, all, you, you know, you basically praise the coach. And if it's not, you second guess it. And I, I try to avoid that and, and do it before to give my opinion because that's what I get paid for. And I didn't like it. I, you know, I, I think of it in over time here, watching so many games, talking to so many coaches. I think of it as possessions, not points. So the the riders are down by two possessions. They need the ball twice to either win or extend the game. Mm-hmm. And in, in saying that, the clock becomes as important as the decision as to whether or not to go for it or not. So... When you're when you're third and two against a really good defense in BC, that factors in a little bit too. Um, but you're you're down two possessions, so you need the ball again to extend or win the game. So therefore, the time becomes as important as the points. So you take the the three and you save a minute. 
um, you know, even if you know, even if you get it and you take two more plays to score, you still need the ball back. Now, you know, the coach will say, "Yeah, but you only need to get to the forty the next time." Well, in one play, you can score. Mm-hmm. In one play, if, if there's two sec, like go back to the Calgary game. Mm-hmm. If there's a few seconds on the clock, you can score. So you think of it in possessions, and he was down two possessions with under three minutes to go. You kick the field goal there. Now you're one possession to either tie or take the lead. If you get the field goal, you're looking to tie and and extend the game in overtime. So I heard you talk earlier about the late Ron Lancaster, and I couldn't agree more. Take the points. You know, you, it, I, I, do, I did hear a coach say he was concerned with the fatigue level of his defense. And, you know, that, that kind of, you know, gut feeling or looking at your team and trying to make a judgment there, okay, I'll, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt on that. But, again, you needed to stop anyway because the Lions were going to get the ball back. And here's the other factor here. If you take the field goal on third and two, you make it a one possession game and now you're kicking off deep. You don't have you're not forced then to try the onside kick, which is real low probability. So I I think for a lot of reasons uh, they should have taken the, the field goal right there. Okay, so I got to ask you this one though. So you, you've got you've made it a one possession game. Now when you kick a field yep. goal, you made it a one possession game, and there's a buck fifty three to go. You can't. You can't. Uh, you don't have a timeout because you lost it in a challenge, which I had no problem in challenging that. In fact, I think the command setter got it wrong, but that's a story for another day. Uh, but anyway, so they line up for an uh, an onside kick with one fifty three to go. I said on the broadcast, I would have loved to have seen him uh, hole shot it there. There was like a there was like an empty area. Uh, just about 15 yards down the field in front of Terry Williams and behind the up men, but they went for the onside kick with 153 to go. I want your thoughts on that. Yeah, at 153, I think you're you're right on the bubble there. So um, you know if it's if it's 153 or or to two minutes, then you kick it deep. If it's you know 143 to 153 you you're really now forced to try the onside i i still think you try and kick it deep you know i part of the part of the consideration here that i think sometimes coaches i don't know if they forget it or they don't factor it in cuz they're so concerned with their own team is that if if they took the field goal on third and two with with just under 3 minutes to go the pressure now shifts big time to Dane Evans, who wasn't, other than one drive, wasn't really moving the ball. So now he's squeezing the stick a little tighter because he thinks, wow, it's a one-possession game. I've got to get three or four first downs to kill this two minutes. Maybe he forces it. Maybe there's a mistake made there and your defense makes a play. Like Nick Marshall intercepts Mm -hmm. a pass. So, you know, I think the... The shifting the the pressure of the moment to the opposition is something that coaches forget. So you kick it deep, you've now shifted some pressure to Dane Evans and the BC offense, and maybe that forces a mistake out of them. Mm-hmm. All right, Glenn, I'm glad I got your uh, your thoughts on that because we didn't talk after the game. I want to get to this. We're through six weeks of the season, so that's a third, six games for most teams, so that's a third of the year, okay? Um, so I want your 
your top six storylines or six storylines for the first six games in no particular order. But let's just go. Uh, let's go number one. What would number one be for you? Uh, let's see. In order of importance, um, I, I think I'd like to first just dispute the narrative that we are in a crisis at quarterback. I, I you know, I we're not in the glory days of. You know, Moon and and Dunnigan and Garcia and Ray and those guys. We're we're not in that era for sure, and I'm not trying to suggest we are. But when you watch Dustin Crum and you watch some of these young guys, you, you're taking a good look at at what could be an awesome future for these kids. And and they're yes, they're young, so there'll be a bit of a roller coaster that you ride on. But this narrative that it's a crisis is is just crazy. It's too far. It's way too much. It's you know, it's it's trying to grab people's attention for no, uh, you know, other than just get clicks, I guess. But mm-hmm. um, I, I think we've got some good young players, and and Mason Fine is one of them. You know, I thought he played pretty well under the circumstances and against a really good defense. Okay, that's good. Let's go with number two. Well, I'm going to go Canadian here because I like, I like what Matthew Betts has done in BC. And uh, to get his 10th sack, I know Saskatchewan fans don't want to hear about that. But it, it, just to have a guy lead the league, Canadian kid, was in Edmonton. They decided to give up on him. Um, you know, I, I just I love that when a Canadian like Andrew Harris or Matthew Betts can – can basically prove to American coaches that Canadians can play any position. And Nathan Rourke proved that they could play quarterback too. So I, I like Betts as a, as a story. And the rest aren't really ordered, but there's, you know, there's not there's not a ranking here, but they're all important. Okay, we'll get to them in a second. I want to throw in one before we go to break. How about Clark Barnes? He's coming on. He had a nice return uh, game against yeah. the Rough Riders, set up a touchdown on a missed field goal return, and scored his first touchdown, and he was real good against Ottawa. I love it. I love it. Just some great plays. That deep one against Ottawa was outstanding. And then, you know, to think of a guy like Sam Emelis, mm-hmm. who is who is really having a good season. And if used more and targeted more, he's just going to be that much better. So, yeah, there's some great Canadian receiver getting Braden, Braden Lenius back very soon. That's going to be outstanding for, for the uh, riders and some great Canadian receivers out there. For sure. Okay, we're going to take a break. When we come back, uh, we will uh, get some more of the uh, top storylines in the first third of the season with the lead football analyst in Canada on TSN. It's Glenn Suter here on the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. 546, this day in sports history brought to you by Capital Ford Lincoln on the corner of Rochdale and Pasqua. And this kind of ties in with the news today. Justin Herbert agreeing to a five-year $262.5 million contract. Well, it was on this day, July 25th, back in 1997, quarterback Brett Favre re-signed with the Green Bay Packers for $50 million for seven years. The Kings of Saskatchewan Sports Talk. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. We're just vibing in here, Zinger and I. Man, 
Brett this Fa- day in sports history got me going. Yeah, got my Brett, groove Brett going. Favre made uh, Brett Favre made Sean Kleisinger Christmas Eve kind of money, and Justin Herbert's making Glenn Suter TSN Hall of Fame broadcaster money. Wow, that's a lot of cash. A lot of cash. That, a lot that, of that, cash. That was that was, bef- uh, that was before Brett Favre started. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Ripping off the welfare people in yeah. M- Mississippi. Crazy. All right, let's get back on the Western Pizza Hotline. Your uh, your next uh, storyline you're looking at uh, there, Glenn, for the first third of the season. Well, I can't avoid it. I can't avoid it, and let's get rid of it right now. You know, I, I do the Zooms with teams before every game, and when I'm doing Edmonton Zooms, I don't know what to ask them anymore. I just don't. I just kind of go, guys, uh, you know, tell tell me – how you're going to break out of this funk? And it's it's not just it's not just that they continue to lose, but it's the ways that they're finding to lose. I mean, it's it's incredibly wild that they can find a way to lose by giving up a point in a tie game off a kickoff because a young returner wasn't sure of the rule and his coach didn't remind him. I mean, just just. Uh, you know the ways they find to lose. It, it's hard to watch, and it's not. It's by the way, it's it doesn't make the league look bad. It makes their team and organization look bad, but not the league. There's bad teams in every league. They're going to win this week against the BC Lions with Dane Evans coming in, Ooh. quarterbacking them, and the and the Saskatchewan Rough Riders are going to beat the Toronto Argonauts. So there's going to be two upset games this week. That's what I feel. That's wow. how I'm vibing. I'm vibing. I'm vibing. I'm, I think that's what's going to happen. Anyway, number four suits. Uh, what's your number four headline? Uh, Mario Alford and the, and the return game in the Canadian Football mm-hmm. League. The special teams in the Canadian Football League are always part of the strategy. They're always part of the outcome. We saw in that Ottawa-Calgary game some block punts and some big returns. And Jerry Lee Lewis looks like a, a player and... You know, we just we keep finding these teams keep finding great returners. The best one in the league is Mario Alford. That two return kicks in one game is unbelievable. Not getting nearly enough hype in my opinion, but I'm trying on conference calls to get a feature or something done on two kick returns for a touchdown in one game. It's crazy, man. It's only been not done nine times in the history of the league. Gizmo did it three times. We've talked about it a few times. Hey, positivity, positivity, positivity. Amar Doman, that's one we should talk about. Yeah, absolutely. That's on my list. And just, you know, it's it's not just the big acts. It's not just, you know, bringing in LL Cool J or whatever. It's, it's the constant... Uh, messaging that A, he's in it for the long haul, and that B, he is growing the game in British Columbia. The business will take care of itself. It's kind of like as a coach telling his players, just worry about the fundamentals. Let's worry about the process. Let's worry about practice. The result of the game will then take care of itself if we concentrate on the process, and that's what Amar Dolman's doing. And lastly, I think we should bang on this. I would, You and I kind of put our heads together on a couple of these, and I think this is one worth talking about and, and doing it again and again and again. Ratings are up. Attendance is up. The the demo you want is watching. The younger kids, it looks like younger kids are going to the games. Yeah, I know Edmonton is is one of those ones uh, that's an outlier. But if they even win, if they win one or two games at home, people will come out. That's still a very strong football market. They're just let's be honest, they're just pissed off right now, and they got every right to be. So, so yeah, I think ratings is something we need to talk about. 
Yeah, I, you know, I just think the popularity of the league. I mean, first of all, our widget has always been a great widget to sell. I, I don't think it's ever been broken. I think you can always tweak it. We've talked about that at length at different times. Um, but you're right. There is a buzz in Vancouver. The big cities are now proving that they can get it done. Apparently, Montreal is growing and popular. Like, it's it's coming around as well, and there's a similar buzz now all of a sudden. I haven't been out there since the new ownership took over, but um, it sounds like that's happening there. So the big cities with a hockey team can do it. Our ratings, as you mentioned, are up. I think it's over 20% now. And, and here – this is not a pat the back thing. This is where are all the news articles? Where are all the Twitter articles? Where are all the reporters in the country going, look at how popular Canadian football league. It's awfully quiet when it's really positive. And I just want to point these things out sometimes so that people have perspective when they see the article that says ratings at TSN for Friday night football down one and a half percent, you know, and, and I go, well, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like, like, why would you? That's not worthy of an article or a yeah or a, a, a mention on Twitter. Twenty well, percent is. Yeah, it's easier to say it's easy. Nobody wants to hear the story that Glenn Souter helped the old lady across the street. They want to hear the story that when Glenn Souter helped the old lady across the street, she pulled out a club and beat him over the head and stole his wallet. That's what they want to. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's what they. You know, they don't want to hear that Zinger went and had a great time at Christmas somewhere. They want to hear that he was alone Christmas Eve in New York City, sleeping on a park bench in Central Park. Right? Right? <laughs> anyway, you know what? You're bang on. You're bang on, Michael, and you and I. I should just keep pounding that drum. Uh, I'm not. I should be. Yeah, I built. I kind of. You know, Glenn. Till I met you, I I did have. Like, listen. Everything isn't salt and vinegar, chips and gum. Like there, it's not. It's not well, all. It's not all. Not all roses all the time. You got to point things out. Like they still haven't got this stats down correctly, and they got to figure that out. Yeah. Like I'm always going to point that out. But we have a damn good league. We have a damn good product, and it is the best football. I had a guy who listened to me when I did the morning show on the rock station over here uh, in, in our building, and now he's kind of listening here. And he was watching the CFL, and he was asking me. He, he watched the Calgary Saskatchewan game from a couple of weeks ago and he he uh, asked me all these questions and he told me, you know, I love this game. This is way better than the NFL. And this is a guy that grew up Pittsburgh Steelers fan. He goes, I love the CFL and, and it, it shouldn't be the Americans telling us we love our game. We love our game. Our game is great. Yeah, we don't need validation from the United States. You don't need to have a, uh, an American flag stamped on your backside to be validated. Let's just enjoy what we have. Just like Australia loves Australia rules football, we love our style of football. We can, and you can have your favorite NFL team. Mm -hmm. And we've said that forever. But at the end of the day, this is an exciting game. And a two and out. Think of it this way: a two and out does not mean it's a bad thing or a bad play or a bad league. A two and out means that Mario Alford gets another chance to return a kick. Yeah, it gets you quicker to the next exciting play in football. Punt return. Thanks for your time, Suits. We'll talk to you on Thursday. Okay, sounds good, Michael. All right, as we leave, we might go a little overtime here, Zinger, but let's hear from Jake Winicky, who is back at practice. Jake Winicky was back. Braden Lenius was practi uh, practicing. Key and Schaefer Baker, Anthony Lanier II, and Peter Godber. As Roscoe P. Coltrane would say on the Dukes of Hazard, good news, good news. Coo -coo -coo. I love it, I love it. Good. Uh, yeah, just kind of coming out here today with a smile. It feels so good to get back out here and just uh, run around with the guys and, and come out here and get better. So, yeah, I'm excited to be back, grateful to be out here.
What's it like having Mason Fine at the helm now? Oh, it's it's awesome. I mean, Mason, I mean, he's such a such a great uh, player, obviously, but a great leader for our team too. It's been fun just to to watch him steadily grow as my time has has been here this year, and, and now to him stepping up into the the starting role with Trevor going down, it's been cool to see him even progress in these last couple of weeks. So uh, excited to see him continue to get better, and, and I'm glad to be out here with him. This team obviously needs to generate a little more offense out there. Yeah. So how will you help them do that? Yeah, I mean, we know we we just got to come out here and get better every single day, and we're st we're all still learning and growing. It's the first year uh, together first year with this with this offense and yeah we've had some new pieces coming in and out and and uh, we're just trying to get better every single day and and yeah we know that we haven't played as we wanted to but we got a lot to build on and we've done a lot of great things as well and we're just continuing to try to build on those and get better every single day how will it help having both you and Linnaeus back this week it's exciting I mean it's fun I mean we haven't uh, been out there together since training camp or since the second preseason game so yeah just seeing him our lockers are next to each other and everything and we're coming out to practice and we both just had a big smile on excited excited for the opportunity uh, excited to be out there Together. How important is it to get two big boys like yourself and Lanius back out there for your guys' offense? I mean, yeah, that'll be fun. I mean, I think everybody that was in there as well, when, when Kenneth was in there, Pick was in there, uh, they did a great job as well. And, and it's excited. I'm, we're excited to be back in there as well and maybe can do some other things uh, with bigger bodies, uh, especially with Lanius in there. I mean, he can do a lot of different things and he does everything well. So uh, that'll be exciting to see. How tough is it to go into a receiving core where you're expected to make multiple changes this week? Um, I think we, we all we all know our jobs and we all uh, know what we got to do. And so I, I don't think we really necessarily view it like that. We just kind of are going out there to, to do our job and, and continue to improve. What was the injury? You heard in the... I heard my knee in the, uh, in the Calgary game. Yeah. yeah. What was the diagnosis up front? Uh, just some, some stuff in, internally in the knee, really. But uh, it's, it's all good. It's all healed up now. But to be put on the six-game injury list and now come off early, is that a good sign in terms of your recovery? And yeah, I mean, yeah, I recovered well. I felt like uh, I, I've been... I recovered well even right away after coming out the bye week. I felt good, like like I could play, and uh, yeah, I think it was just precaution uh, to start and just make sure I was healthy coming back. And just be patient and sort of trust the process and yeah. make sure you are healthy before you. Yeah, healthy. definitely. Yeah. Yep. Um, in terms of uh, watching this team for the last few weeks, what have you what have you seen from it? What do you think is missing? I think it's a, it's a tough group, and and I think that uh, a big thing every day we come out here and compete and get better. And I think that's one of the best traits that we have is just we're gonna we're gonna come out here and compete and grow. We're gonna fly around every day and get better. And and there's a lot to to improve on, obviously. But uh, I think we've done a lot of great things as well. And uh, I think the better that we just keep getting every single day, the the more it'll it'll show maybe um, in the box in the box score or on the scoreboard. Any extra excitement for yourself that the for the fact you get to play a touchdown Atlantic this week. Yeah, that's exciting. I got to play there uh, in 2019 as well. And uh, so, yeah, it's, I'm excited. It's actually at a new place, um, but excited to go out there and be a part of that game. Today's sports cage has come to a close. Miss a segment? Download or stream the podcast now at sportscage.ca. Get your sports straight from the source. 620 CKRM.